Hello, and Happy New Year! It's Nick here, with a very quick intro to what you're about to hear. If you missed it, we're taking January off and returning with new episodes in February. In the meantime, please enjoy this special Best Of 2-Pack, featuring two past episodes from our archives. First, it's episode 63, originally released November 2019, the top 10 historical figures, ranked by their global all-time page views on Wikipedia. Then, immediately following that, one of our most downloaded episodes ever, it's episode 77 from March of 2020, the most mentioned characters in the Bible, which yes, features Brandon's interpretations of famous Bible stories. So put on your Sunday best, because we're going to church, bitch! And way back in time, let's go. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. I am your singular host of the show, Nick. Um, your sidekick host, Brandon. Sidekick host, Brandon, mm-hmm. at sidekick host on Twitter, in fact. This is the Tennis Podcast. This is a show where every week we review the latest TV shows. <laughs> well, I'm not prepared to do that today, but okay, we'll try. Curveball, this has all been, this has been a 14-month April Fool's joke where we lull the listeners into thinking we're a top 10 podcast, but psych, fucking idiots, we're actually a TV review podcast starting now. We're going to talk about real housewives. That's right. And what we actually talk about is every week, either myself or my sidekick host bring a top 10-ish list on any topic in the entire universe. The other one of us tries to guess without any prior heads up of any kind. Brandon, today is your lucky day. I knew it. Why? You might recall, I brought up last week that I sent out a survey to our listeners. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you are a listener, you should go to tennispod.com slash survey. Take that survey to help us improve our show, you selfish animals. Tennispod.com slash survey. I asked people, what are the types of lists you want to see more of? The two front runners, history web trends such as Google, stuff like that. And I got both, two in one today. Sweet. We're going to put your history skills to the test, Brandy. Okay. Today, we're talking about the most viewed Wikipedia pages of all time, specifically in the category of pre-modern people. So, what does that mean? Yeah, who are modern people? I'm going to tell you. This is, I'm going to read about a paragraph here from Wikipedia. Okay. First of all, Wikipedia is a top 10 website worldwide in terms of traffic. The most viewed Wikipedia pages, literal page views on individual Wikipedia articles, Wikipedia publishes this themselves every year. Mm -hmm. And being one of the best indicators of, quote, what the collective world is thinking about, this list of most Wikipedia pages receives wide attention every year. So, the category of pre-modern people includes personalities born before AD 1400 who cannot compete with our contemporaries like Barack Obama and Michael Jackson. The general top 30 list of people includes 24 living people. So, in other words, out of the top 30 of all people of all time, Mm -hmm. 24 are living. Okay. And so, it's, uh, it's an unfair comparison. People who are closer to modern history have a higher weight because there is more information about them. There's a top 30 people period list. There's a top list for living people and then there's a top list for pre-modern people, which Wikipedia defines as anyone born before AD 1400. Let me read you one more thing here. Um, In total, as of October 2019, Wikipedia has articles for 1.6 million individual people. People who lived from the beginning of history until the year 1900 
which is 98% of all humans in history, constitute only 12% of Wikipedia page use for people. So again, that's just an illustration of how the data skewed much more in the favor of living people. And so... Or living in the now. This data is for Wikipedia all-time page views from uh, December 2007 as of January 2019. And for context, the number one Wikipedia article ever of any kind, person or otherwise, is the United States Wikipedia page with 200 million views. Just people around the world trying to figure out what is going on over there. Pretty much. So, with 200 million views for United States, that is kind of a, a context to what you can expect for views in the top 10 here. These are pages or these are people? These are page views to people pages. <laughs> and the people were born before the year 1400. Yes. Okay. So, there's a lot. Yeah. And so, you're going to get a history lesson on this episode. And in fact, there's so much to cover. I have so many notes for better or worse. It's a two-part episode? We'll see how it goes. You're going to get a crash course in history. So, Brandon. So far, I'm off to a bad start because I made my notes list here and I forgot three when I numbered from one to ten. So, yeah. I feel like I'm at a, at a handicap already. Maybe our next episode should just be the top ten numbers, one through ten, and you can try to guess the order, see how you do. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive right in. Give me, we'll just rattle off a few historical figures that uh, you might not think are in the top ten but that would qualify as living before 1400. A lot of Bible characters that I remember from Sunday school like Zacchaeus, the wee little man. Do you remember him? No. There was a, uh, like a, a Sunday school song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. It was about a guy who was short so he climbed up in a tree so he could see Jesus and then Jesus walked by and he was like, hey, get out of that tree, come down here. <laughs> you get a front row seat, come give me a hug. And then Zacchaeus got his name in the Bible. For that? That's all he did? He was little and he climbed a tree. He must have been adorable. Oh, was he trying to see over a crowd or something? Yeah, he was trying, everyone was like, look, it's Jesus. Yeah. And he scampered up a tree. It's like if uh, the rock walks into a room now, people are climbing trees to get a good look. Yeah. Yeah. But really, that's all you got to do. So, Jesus died for our sins on a cross. Moses parted the Red Sea. Noah built an ark and this guy climbed a fucking tree. He climbed a tree okay. and I remember his name all these years later. His ass ain't in here. How about Hadrian? No. The Roman conqueror? Nope. So, I actually have the top, I think this is top 50 here. There's mm -hmm. a lot of ties so it's hard to tell. But I believe top 50 here and he's not, he's not in here. I'm going to guess one more. I think should be in the top 10 but might not be. And I'm going to use the pronunciation from Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, Genghis Khan. I'm going to guess that he is one of the most influential people in history but he is not in the top 10. So, let's think about what makes the top 10 real quick. Mm -hmm. This is driven by the amount of times people search for and land on the page for Genghis Khan, right? On Wikipedia. So, they could have started on Google, mm -hmm. done a Google search for Genghis Khan. Wikipedia is usually one of the first few Or been items linked in a from another page. Right. Right. Or just went to Wikipedia itself and did a search. Right. That could be students writing a paper. It could be old boring nerds like you and I that just like reading wanna history. Want to read, yeah. Want to learn. That's basically the measure here. Genghis Khan is in the top 10. Ah, uh, damn. I thought it was going to... I thought that would be a surprise that you know, people should be more interested in him but they're... No, I think you'll actually be kind of impressed with this list. Impressed with people for the most part on what they're searching for. 
Okay, well, I guess uh, I've I've broken into the top ten already. Where does old Genghis Genghis Khan fall? Old Genghis Khan is number five. Probably about right where he should be. And uh, I got to tell you that in the top ten, remember the criteria is that they were born before the year 1400. Genghis Khan is the most recent person <laughs> in the top ten. Oh, my God. He lived between 1162 and 1227 AD. Isn't it fucking incredible that they can nail down the exact Of this years? guy that was born in a hut covered yeah. in fur out in the middle of Mongolia. And yeah. they have this shit for almost everyone in here. They have exact years or like within a year or two and that blows my mind. And by the way, I don't even know how they sort and sift through all this history. We're going to talk a lot about that today about how like the sources for the knowledge of these people. But there's quite a bit of it that they can like say with pretty uh, with a decent amount of certainty that it's just amazing. Okay, let me tell you about Genghis Khan. So he died in 1227 AD. Mm -hmm. He was uh, born. I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm going to give it a shot. But his birth name was just Tamujin. Before you go further, when talking about history of him and pronunciate pronunciations again, Dan Carlin's hardcore history. They are very long. They are very dry sounding, but they are really fascinating and. He's good at all those pronunciations. He's a great storyteller. He talks about a mountain of skulls and cool metal shit like that. So, if you're into history, if you've never heard of it, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History probably has a lot more on what we're going to talk about today, but it won't have as many yucks. Yeah. You said he's a great podcaster, but does he talk about hot dogs and killer clowns endlessly? <laughs> I don't think so. I never heard him mention a butt. Brandon makes a good point though. We're going to barely scratch the surface today on all these people. But podcasts like the one he just mentioned, as well as Wikipedia itself, and there's thousands of books out there on all these guys. If you're interested, look it up. Don't hold it against us that we're kind of doing a high-level overview of everybody here. We have to, just for the sake of time. And we're not historians. We're not smart. Yeah. So, for each entry here, I have the number of Wikipedia page views of all time for this person, as well as the first one or two sentences from their Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, Genghis Khan, number uh, five, he has 29 million page views ever on Wikipedia as of January 2019. He was born to Mujin. He was the founder and first great Khan of the Mongol Empire, which became the largest contiguous empire in history after his death. He came to power by uniting many of the nomadic tribes of Northeast Asia after founding the empire and being proclaimed Genghis Khan. He launched the Mongol invasions that conquered most of Eurasia. Yeah. These dudes were terrifying too. Oh, yeah. I, I got some shit on that but isn't it weird to think like the world today, you know, not to discount all the wars and bloodshed that still happens obviously mm -hmm. but back in this time, like the name of the game was conquering. Can you imagine like you were born out in the middle of like Mongolia somewhere and you have a small tribe and you're 12 years old. And your whole life has been with this small group of people. You've just started to learn a little bit about how to hunt. And your whole life has been like living very close to the earth in this region and living very close to this small group of people. And one day you like come out of your tent or whatever and there's just this horde of guys on horseback. Yeah, no notice. At riding as fast as they can towards you and you don't like your brain can't even process it and then they just come up and shoot you and everyone you love full of arrows and you see people chopped up, raped and dismembered in front of you. Every day of your life was nearly the same until that last day and the most horrific shit that's ever happened to anybody happened. 
And all that stuff happened all the time through history. That's, oh, yeah. When I start reading about it, it makes me kind of like, one, feel really lucky for when we live, when and where we live, but also feel like sick to my stomach about how like how much fucked up stuff used to happen and probably still happens that we don't hear about. The shit that we complain about today does seem pretty small when you when you think about the things you just said and when you think about the plentiful bounty of heinous crimes perpetrated by Genghis Khan and his armies. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about that. By the end of his life, the uh, Mongol Empire occupied a substantial portion of Central Asia and China. Known for the brutality of his campaigns, Genghis Khan is considered by many to have been a genocidal ruler. <laughs> yep. However, he is also credited with bringing the Silk Road under one cohesive political environment. This brought relatively easy communication and trade between Northeast Asia, Muslim Southwest Asia, and Christian Europe, expanding the cultural horizons of all three areas. So, he did, he did some good things. So, yeah, like, uh, oh, he is a mixed bag, isn't he? Yeah. He died in August 1227. And one of my favorite things of doing the research for today for hashtag Nick's Notes was seeing how all these people died because most of the time there's... It's like how got an infection. Well, that's true. But what I was going to say is that it's a lot of conflicting reports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes they range from like a grand, you know, blazing <laughs> exit to, to like, like dying on the toilet. To, yeah, to like stubbing their toe. Let me tell you about Genghis Khan's death. So, he died in August 1227 during the fall of Yunchuan, which is the capital of Western Xia. Wait. X-I-A, how do you say I'm that? I'm going to guess. They had a big party and he chowed down on rotten fruit and milk. There is someone else in the top <laughs> 10 that's very close to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you're referring to the president, right? What was it? Yeah, I can't remember which president it was. You can go back to our episode on the... Worst, worst presidents. presidents in U.S. history and enjoy the answer to that, which I've forgotten. Brandon's bulletins don't really stick with me either. No, they're like Chinese food. The exact cause of his death remains a mystery and is variously attributed to being killed in action against the Western Zaya. Okay. Illness, mm -hmm. falling from his horse. Oh, no. Or, wo <laughs> or wounds sustained in hunting or battle. That's it. It's like all of the ways that guys used to die back then. Yeah. Isn't that how Robert Baratheon died? He died in wounds sustained while hunting? Yeah, and it's also how Freddie Mercury died. <laughs> hunting for butt. Whoa. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, that's what he was hunting for. Years before his death, Genghis Khan asked to be buried without markings, according to the customs of his tribe. After he died, his body was returned to Mongolia and presumably to his birthplace of, not even going to try to pronounce it, where many assume he is buried somewhere close to the Anan River and the Burkhan Khaldun Mountain. According to legend, the funeral escort killed anyone and anything across their path <laughs> Why? to conceal where <laughs> oh. he was finally buried. Can you imagine just fucking picking berries on some grand mass mountain trail and someone just comes up? They're like, we can't, we're not going to take a chance. Murder was their answer to every problem. Isn't it interesting that this hugely important figure, one of the most, undeniably one of the most important people that has ever lived, they don't even know where he's buried. They can pinpoint the year and month in which he was born and died, but they cannot pinpoint. So, he's out there somewhere. Uh-uh. Well, they're probably afraid they'll still get killed. <laughs> right. That's all I got on Mr. Khan. You know, for a brief overview... I think he hit the high points. Well, we should end with that at some point in his career, there was a mountain of skulls. I'd say it's a safe bet. No, I know there was. It was oh. mentioned. It's mentioned in one of the episodes of Dan Carlin's Hardcore History series on Genghis Khan. And at some point during his uh, adventures, 
adventures, yeah. Uh, there, there was tell of a mountain of skulls. And you know what's so weird about that is when I read his Wikipedia article- <laughs> That's the, Game of Thrones uh, shit. Yeah. The impression I get from his Wikipedia article, granted, I didn't know the man, but he seemed like he was probably nice and reasonable on a personal level. But fucking ruthless. Yes. Like I would- It's like a businessman, right? It's just business. Right. The skulls is to warn others and like there's a rationale behind it. Yeah. He's not like getting yeah. excited about it. He's like, this is a- Yeah. Well, we don't- We're making assumptions. Let's be clear. <laughs> he could have been. But yeah, it's Genghis Khan. Heck, heck of a guy. Heck of a guy. Hell of an ass. Legend has it. Uh, he has one of the longer Wikipedia articles here too. We know a lot more about Genghis than we do some others in here. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because, you know, again, these are the people that are most sought out and viewed on Wikipedia and some of their Wikipedia articles are not long at all because there's not much known about them. Right. Interesting. Okay. Give me another guess. How about Aristotle? Yes. What number? Four. Six. Ah. Holy shit. You need to go back to, you need to go back to second grade, Brandon. <laughs> second grade history. Jesus. Number six, Aristotle. Who was Aristotle, Brandon? Tell the folks at home. Science and math. Honestly, I've, I have known a real answer to that at some point in my life, but all I can tell you right now is like science, math, and astronomy. Okay, Aristotle. Most people have probably heard the name, but you're right. Most people probably don't really remember what he's known for. He lived between 384 and 322 BC. He has 27 million Wikipedia page views. And again, he's number six right after Genghis. First lines from his Wikipedia article, Aristotle was a Greek philosopher and polymyth during the classical period in ancient Greece. Along with his teacher Plato, he has been called the father of Western philosophy. Oh, philosophy. See, I took intro to philosophy. I probably knew that at some point, but not now. This guy lived before fucking people knew how to wipe their ass <laughs> and his shit was so influential that he has traditions named after him, Aristotelian, and he's still talked about to this day. It's crazy. Imagine being that important. That's what people are going to talk about this show, Brandon, in a couple thousand years. I wonder what he w wiped with. Fucking, you know, poetry writings, <laughs> shit. One of the longest, most information-heavy pages on Wikipedia in the top 10. So, here's his writings. You mentioned math and shit. He did some of that. His uh, writings cover many subjects, including... <laughs> Look at this. This is just a, yeah, a little line on his resume here. Uh-huh. Physics, biology, zoology, metaphysics, logic, ethics, aesthetics, poetry, theater, music, rhetoric, psychology, linguistics, economics, politics, and government. Okay, so no math, but a lot of other shit. Good Lord. Little is known about his life. However, he was born in the city of Dedria in northern Greece. His father, Nicomachus, died when Aristotle was a child and he was brought up by a guardian. I can already see the tweets coming my way about my mispronunciations. Fuck off. Yeah, get over it. Fuck off. At 17 or 18, he joined Plato's Academy in Athens and remained there until the age of 37. Shortly after Plato died, Aristotle left Athens and tutored Alexander the Great beginning in 343 BC. He so, established isn't that fu- wait, another thing. Aristotle, he's so big, he's number six on this list, but he was also t the like teacher for someone else who I'm going to guess is, uh, I'm not going to guess it yet, but I will later guess that is also in the top 10. So, these two dudes were just partying and Plato was hanging out with them too. How do you get all three of these huge dudes? There's more too. There, those three and then others that are and are not in the top 10 were all around at the same time. Sammy Davis Jr.? Yep. I knew it. He's the other one, right? Yeah. <laughs> in a robe. 
though Aristotle with a martini doing jokes. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Though Aristotle wrote many elegant treatises, Treat- treatises, treatise. I don't know. And dialogues for publication. Only around a third of his original output has survived. None of it intended for publication. So he wrote a ton of shit. None of it intended for publication, and of that, only a third has survived. And he's still, it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of hit me like the weight of this man's legacy. Part of his diary is what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, stuff that he just wrote for fun for his own like... Before people knew they're supposed to like brush their teeth. Like <laughs> before, like this guy's thinking about like the deepest philosophy that survived, that with principles that survive prominently to this day. You imagine and, you go like Bill and Ted, yeah. you get in the phone booth and you go back and land in front of Aristotle and you're like, I can't believe it's you. I've studied you. We all study you. You've completely influenced the way the people in where I come from think and communicate. And then he smiles and his mouth is just full of like, like chunks of shit <laughs> in his teeth. <laughs> like, and then you're immediately turned off like, oh my God, this motherfucker doesn't know how to brush his teeth. He's naked and he's like a caveman essentially. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just covered in feces, like scratching in the dirt. Well, like, oh no, we got it wrong. Do you remember in our conspiracy episode, I talked about like a false history? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I believe it, but it is interesting to think about like, what if this guy never even existed and or what if everything he did is actually the work of several other people or one other person and he just got his name attached to it somehow? Like, like Shakespeare? Yeah. I'm not saying that's what happened here. I'm just talking. But like, it's interesting to think that, you know, as close as we can get to being pretty sure of details like this, nobody really fucking knows. You know what I mean? Like, it's just impossible to have a super high level of evidence and certainty on shit that happened three or four hundred years before AD. And you know how you go find out what the answers are? Hmm. You go scratch around in the dirt. Or you listen to this show. That's right. Aristotle, number six in the top ten. Okay. I feel like I've got some guesses here, but I don't even have enough for the top ten. So, I'm going to start making some... I mentioned Alexander the Great. We just talked about Plato. Is Alexander the Great number... Four on the list. Number two. Damn. And Alexander the Great is a somewhat controversial entry into this list and I'll explain why in a moment. Okay. But uh, he's number two. He was believed to uh, have lived in 356 to 323 BC, not very long. He has 39 million Wikipedia page views and the first sentence from his page is that he was a king of the ancient Greek kingdom of Macedon. Mm-hmm. During his youth, Alexander was tutored by Aristotle yep. until age 16. After his father Philip's assassination in 336 BC, he succeeded his father to the throne and inherited a strong kingdom and an experienced army. He spent most of his ruling years on an unprecedented military campaign through Asia and Northeast Africa. By the age of 30, he had created one of the largest empires in the ancient world, stretching from Greece to northwestern India. He was undefeated in battle and is widely considered one of the history's most successful military commanders. I said he was controversial. I was actually thinking of someone else. So, scratch that. Oh. I have more, but I'll pause there. What, what's your take on Mr. Great in the number two spot? I mean, I think that's in the Western world. That's definitely where he lands. I don't really know that much about him. I didn't even see the goofy movie with Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. I didn't either. Just add it to the list. I got berated and bullied this past week, Brandon, for not seeing all the movies in our top 10 quotes. Yeah, but I think that was a movie, like a shitty movie. Uh, 
Did he ever have war elephants? You know, Brandon, Wikipedia just wasn't clear on the war elephants. Well, I'm about to find out. All right, I'm going to read something else while you do that. Yeah, go, go on. Alexander the Great founded some 20 cities that bore his name, most notably Alexandria in Egypt. Alexander became legendary as a classical hero in the mold of Achilles and he features prominently in the history and mythic traditions of both Greek and non-Greek cultures. He became the measure against which military leaders compared themselves and military academies throughout the world still teach his tactics. He is often ranked among the most influential people in history. He fought war elephants against the people of India. Was Alexander and also Genghis, were they like on the battlefield? I think so. Think about the battle scenes in Game of Thrones. How do you fucking survive one of those, much less like dozens or hundreds? I do not know. Okay. Yeah, or like the battle scenes in Braveheart where it's just chaos of metal swinging around people's heads and arms. Um, let's see. So, the, in this battle, it's called the Battle of Hydaspes. Eventually, the two forces met, arrayed themselves for battle. The Indians were poised with cavalry on both flanks, fronted by their chariots, while the center, comprising infantry with war elephants, stationed every 50 feet in front of them to deter Alexander's Macedonian cavalry. The Indians' war elephants were heavily armored had castle-like howdahs. They had like a structure on their back that carried three archers and javelin throwers. That is fucking nuts. That's intimidating. What would you do if you saw a war elephant with that structure on his back and three archers marching towards your bedroom window? Oh, here you go. The leader of the Indians, Porus, eschewing the usual tradition of Indian kings fighting from a chariot, was mounted atop his tallest war elephant. This animal was not equipped with that structure on the back because the king was clad in chainmail armor. Why don't they make TV shows that are just this shit? Why don't they not have the fucking king in battle? Is he really needed there? And by the way, how goddamn scary would it be to be on a huge structure on top of a walking elephant? How about for these guys who had never even heard of an elephant before? Yeah. And there's just a big fucking monster over there with people <laughs> on it. But then they're like, well, he's a monster, but he's cute. Look at his, look at his little trunk. I think if they just took this guy's life, they just took Alexander the Great and said, we're going to put Game of Thrones money into just a straight up historical series on this guy's life, people would watch this shit. Wouldn't it just be Game of Thrones again? That's minus the like they, Minus the shitty ending? Yeah, I think people would really like that. Yeah. Let me tell you about his death. There's a lot on his death. Okay. On either... The 10th or 11th of June, 323 BC, Alexander died in the palace of Nebuchadnezzar II in Babylon at age 32. He did all this shit by age 32. There are two different versions of Alexander's death and details of the death differ slightly in each. Plutarch's account is that roughly 14 days before his death, Alexander entertained Admiral Nearchus and spent the night and next day drinking with Medeus of Larissa. He developed a fever which worsened until he was unable to speak. The common soldiers, anxious about his health, were granted the, night, uh, granted the right to file past him <laughs> as he silently waved at them. <laughs> In the second account, do you, <laughs> do you like the, he's just like, he can't even talk, he's so sick and he's dying <laughs> and they all want to walk past him so he can wave at them before he dies. Thank you. Uh, in the second account of his death, Diodorus uh, recounts that Alexander was struck with pain after downing a large bowl of unmixed wine in honor of Hercules. 
uh, of Heracles, sorry. Oh. Followed by 11 days of weakness. <laughs> so, he's just like someone told him about Hercules. He's like, fuck yeah, give me a drink. Guy's badass. <laughs> Unmixed wine. That sounds great. He did not develop a fever and died after some agony. Several natural causes have also been suggested by historians, including malaria and typhoid fever. Our friend's typhoid fever. So, about his burial. He was laid in a gold sarcophagus that was filled with honey, which was in turn placed into a gold casket. Holy. That's in your will, right, Brandon? Yeah, that's how I want to go. Put me in, drown me in honey. Uh, Listen to this who's who of who visited his tomb. Pompey, Julius Caesar, and Augustus all visited the tomb in Alexandria where Augustus allegedly accidentally knocked the nose off of his tomb. How do you do that? Caligula was said to have taken Alexander's breastplate from the tomb for his own use. Maybe he thought breastplate was like, you know. Booby plate. (laughs) Yeah, he could just fondle it. He put it on and he was like, oh man, this chick was flat. (laughs) Caligula, Pompey, Julius Caesar, Augustus, Alexander the Great, Plato, Aristotle, and one more name, all lived and interacted around the same time. They're like the the highwaymen, the country music supergroup, the highwaymen. You got... Number two, Alexander the Great. Number five, Genghis Khan. Number six, Aristotle. How about Cleopatra? Cleopatra. Not in the top ten. Oh. Are there any women in the top ten? What are you? A fucking social justice warrior? I'm trying to just figure out what to guess. No, unfortunately, there is zero women in the top ten. Oh. There's one. Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, Mary... I'm like Mary, at, the like, mother the... of Jesus, probably would have been in my, like some of my first picks for women. I'm looking at the top 50. There's only two women in the top 50. That's pretty... Joan of Arc is number yeah. 11. Cleopatra is tied for number 16. Okay. Uh, all right. How about Confucius? Confucius is tied for number 24. Oh. How about Moses? Moses is also tied with Cleopatra for 16, along with Augustus. William Wallace, those are, those are all 16 tied. Okay. We mentioned him earlier. How about Plato? Plato. My man Plato, number eight. He invented the colorful, squishy mm-hmm. children's substance, children's toy substance. You know, I almost wrote a joke about that and then I said, nah, too obvious. No. Nope. Here we are. Well, fuck it. I went for it. Slam dunk. Plato was the teacher of Aristotle. By the way, Aristotle taught Socrates, who is number 11 along with Joan of Arc. Old Socrates? I'm going to scratch him off my list. All right. Plato, Plato. He lived, there's some debate, but it's complicated. But he was basically born in the 420s. 420, light it up. Legalize it. And he died <laughs> around, around the 340s BC. Okay. Legalize it. 23 million Wikipedia page views and the first lines from his article say, Plato was an Athenian philosopher during the classical period in ancient Greece, founder of the Platonist school of thought in the academy, the first institution of higher learning in the Western world. Uh, Other notes, he is widely considered the pivotal figure in ancient history of ancient Greek and Western philosophy along with his teacher Socrates. Oh, I said Socrates was Aristotle's student, but I had that wrong. Socrates taught. Socrates was first, then Plato, then Aristotle. Yeah. Plato has often been cited as one of the founders of Western religion and spirituality. So, thanks for that, Plato. Yeah, thanks. 
Plato was the innovator of the written dialogue and debate and forms of philosophy. Plato is also considered the founder of Western political philosophy, so thanks for that. Unlike the work of nearly all of his contemporaries, Plato's entire body of work is believed to have survived intact for over 2,400 years. Although their popularity has fluctuated over the years, the works of Plato have never been without readers since the time they were written. My last line is about his death. Most agree that Plato died in his early 80s on or near his birthday. A variety of sources have given accounts of his death. One story suggests that Plato died in his bed whilst a young Thracian girl played the flute to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that, is that <laughs> played the flute to him. Is that a... Play the flute that, for me, baby. Yeah. Another tradition suggests Plato died at a wedding feast. And according to one other tale, he, quote, simply died in his sleep. <laughs> so, which one of those, we don't know. That's Plato. Hell of a philosophy guy, hell of an ass. It's a weird way to like ruin somebody's wedding. <laughs> to just die. Like, hey, I'm the smartest dude that's ever been alive so far. I'm going to eat myself to death at your wedding reception. <laughs> while, some, while some chick plays all over my flute. Yeah. <laughs> so, give me another guess. Oh. Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. What number? Number four. Three. You got one right. Oh, my God. Pathetic. Just awful. Uh, he lived between 144 BC, 35 million Wikipedia page views. Tell us who Julius Caesar is, Brandon. Julius Caesar was a Roman general and emperor. He crossed the Rubicon. He fought some guys in the German area, something like that. Anyway, he came back to Rome, a conquering oh. hero. He was the emperor and then his friends in the Senate conspired against him and they stabbed the shit out of him mm -hmm. on the steps out front. That's what we know about. That's what I know about. That's the cool thing about like Europe as opposed to like America. Shit that happened thousands of years ago. Like, you can go visit that place, that exact spot. Right. And you can do that in Rome. Everything you said was pretty spot on. He died on the Ides of March in 44 BC, stabbed to death by his friendskies. After that, a new series of civil wars broke out and in the constitutional government of the Republic was never fully restored. Caesar's adopted heir Octavian, later known as Augustus, rose to sole power after defeating his opponents in the civil war. And after that, the era of the Roman Empire began. Caesar is considered by many historians to be one of the greatest military commanders in history, right behind the current commander-in-chief. <laughs> the current commander-in-chief for the United States? For yeah. the United States. That's Julius Caesar. Is that... He is like the original Caesar as far as like that name being a thing, right? Yeah. The name for emperor then became Caesar and that's also where the term Kaiser and the term Tsar are based in. Yeah, if you say so. Uh, well, it is. <laughs> okay. We'll have to do some uh, follow-up on that, get back to you, see if that's accurate. He was deaf in one ear. Did you know that? No. He was deaf in one ear. He was, well, actually, no, that was from Shakespeare. Was that true or just in Shakespeare? I don't know. What's your take on Shakespeare? Was his ass a person? Like, was it a bunch of people? Yeah. I have no idea. I've heard it was, but I, I really honestly do not know. I haven't looked at it. How do we not it. know that? But we know that like Aristotle in the BCs, how do we know his ass? Yeah, I don't get it. And I also, I understand that Shakespeare 
is good. And when I learned it and then had those notes, those side-by-side notes that kind of tell you what the hell they just said, I would eventually enjoy it. But I have no idea how someone can go to a, a Shakespeare play having never heard it before and listen to the words and under and follow what's being said. Is that how they really talk back then? Or is I that... No, I don't think so because he created a lot of new words and turns of phrase. So, I, I don't think so. I know that they, they did speak very differently. I once heard, it was a YouTube channel where they tried to recreate what the English accent would have sounded like at the time of Shakespeare and read some of his works like the same way you would have heard it in the Globe Theater and it was completely incomprehensible to me. But even spoken in modern day plain English, I still cannot follow. I get a lot of feedback from our listeners about that with you. About how stupid I am about Shakespeare? No, about how stupid you are at speaking English. Oh. Well, this is more about understanding. I I agree with what you said though. It's it's very difficult to get into but his work has survived hundreds of years. So, who are are we? There you go. That's Shakespeare for you. Let me tell you some uh, heavy hitters here that you might be surprised to learn are not in the top 10. Uh, you've already said a few of them like Cleopatra, Socrates, Moses, Confucius, Charlemagne, mm-hmm. Achilles, Joan of Arc. Was Galileo uh, before 1400? Yes, I think so. Okay. I wrote him down. He's not in the top 10? No, not in the top 10. No Shit. Marco Polo, no Homer of the Odyssey and the Iliad, although I know there's oh yeah, there's a discussion on whether he was one person as well. And my biggest surprise, King Tut was not in the top 10. I had him written down too. And Joan of Arc, I think I missed her. But Joan of Arc, not in the top 10. She was actually born in 1412, but she's still included on the list. So, you're missing 9, 10, 7, seven 4, four and, one. and 1. Well, is Ramses on there? No. How about Copernicus? Nope. Copernicus. We're getting in trouble here. How about Herod? No. How about, oh, uh, David? No, David's tied for 29. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Well, I got a bunch scratched out here, so I got to go with one that I was kind of saving. Show me Jesus. Show me Jesus. What number? I'm going to guess number one. Number one, Jesus. Now, it says he was born in 4 BC. How does that work? Because isn't AD based on his birthday? I thought it was. Well, it says he's born in 4 BC and he died in uh, either 30 or 33 AD. He, his page is 43 million pages. So, let's address the elephant in the room, the normal colored elephant, not the white elephant as I was so obnoxiously corrected recently in an episode. Mm-hmm. Virtually all modern scholars agree that Jesus existed historically, although the quest for the historical Jesus has produced little agreement on the historical reliability of the Gospels in the Bible and how closely the Jesus portrayed in the Bible reflects the historical Jesus. So, here's the facts. Mm-hmm. Most historians agree. There was a man named Jesus walked the earth. Obviously, the debate is more centered around, was he who he said he was? We've talked about this on this show. Jesus was either A, exactly who he said he was, right. B, a liar and a con artist, C, crazy, he thought he was who he was but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you could maybe add D, that he didn't do any of this and it was all written about him after the fact. Where would it fall into those options that if he was A... So, I, from what I understand at that time, there were a lot of people who claimed to be a prophet or a healer or even a messiah. 
But part of why, why he was so popular or special and why a religion was built around him was... Many religions were built around him. Right. But that he, um, that he was all of these things. And that the reason that he was all of these things was that after he died, he was a, trying to think of the right word, like a convenient or a, like a perfect totem for people to attribute prophecies right. or even commandments from God or beliefs. You know, they could write, well, Jesus said this and maybe he said something similar or maybe he didn't say anything at all, but now it's been attributed to him and so yeah, much. Yeah, and he's long gone. Right. So, yeah, th- I think there's definitely a dude, but I think it's really hard to know. Let, let's assume for a second that he was real or, or that he was who he said he was, right? Let's assume that's all real. Yeah. Even so, we're still depending on second, third, fourth, fifth account. The words of men. The words of men that have been translated a thousand times over in right. a million different languages since then. So, even if Jesus was the Son of God, there is no guarantee, far from a guarantee, that the details and accounts written in the Bible are exactly right. I feel like if you are going to take his teachings and follow them, you have to kind of like read all of it and absorb all of it but kind of let it coalesce into more of like a, a feeling or like something that could guide you rather than like try to make a list of things that he said and follow it to the letter. You know what I mean? Like general ideas like having compassion. Yeah, absolutely. Or not seeking vengeance. Well, that one I like. <laughs> but yeah, trying to follow it like to the letter. How can you follow it to the letter if it, those letters have been changed like nine times before they get to your eyes? Way more than nine. But, you know, it's not our intent here to have some sort of atheist versus whatever discussion. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be going to hell. Well, we've had the same discussion about a lot of people in the top 10. The whole point of this discussion, it's not just Jesus, it's all of these people. I said it before. We're depending on historical record and inaccurate time to <laughs> report on historical things. I think the more you probably read about this, the more you were uh, certain. <laughs> you were certain that history had been created. Jesus, let me tell you a little more about our friend Jesus here. First lines from Wikipedia says he is referred to as, also referred to as Jesus of Nazareth and Jesus Christ. He was a first century Jewish preacher and religious leader. He is the central figure of Christianity and most Christians believe he is the incarnation of God, the Son and the awaited Messiah, the Christ, prophesied in the Old Testament of the Bible. <laughs> uh, he was arrested and tried by the Jewish authorities, turned over to the Roman government and crucified on the order of Pontius Pilate. Pilate. Pilate? Pontius Pilate. Is that what it is? Yeah. Pontius Pilate, the Roman prefect. Prefect. God. Whatever. He was crucified by the damn Romans, all right? We all got it. After his death, his followers believed he rose from the dead and the community they formed eventually became the early church. Jesus is also revered outside of Christianity. In Islam, Jesus is uh, considered one of God's important prophets and the Messiah. Muslims believe Jesus was a bringer of scripture and was born of a virgin but was neither God nor the Son of God. Quran states that Jesus never claimed divinity. Most Muslims do not believe that he was crucified but that he was physically raised into heaven by God. Like why make that distinction by the way? Yeah. Just, so just because somebody wrote it differently, right? I mean, that's all. No, no, I think I like this story but just let him have it. Yeah. In contrast, Judaism rejects the belief that Jesus was the awaited Messiah, arguing that he did not fulfill the prophecy and he was neither divine nor resurrected. So, would that mean that uh, Jewish people just believe he was just a guy? I think he is still like, he's considered a prophet. I don't think they had 
they believe he was of God or the Messiah. Has anyone ever confused you as a prophet or Messiah, Brandon? <laughs> no. You're, oh, that's interesting. No. I don't think he was a white dude with blue eyes. I think, well, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, I see a lot of paintings and pictures yeah. of him looking. A lot of those uh, right-wing baby boomers would absolutely reject the idea that he was anything but what they see in those paintings. Yeah, I think he was... I guarantee you Donald Trump believes... <laughs> that he looks he looks like Thor from the Marvel yeah. movie. For, yep, you got it. Yeah, he was probably a skinny fella because he was outside all the time and he did a lot of walking, he wandered around and he was also carpenter. Uh, so, the work he did was like very labor intensive. Uh, so, he was probably thin and sinewy. It's a word I didn't expect to hear today. Uh, kind of like leathery skin from being outside all the time, probably looked a little older than his early 30s. These people that he like touched their face to heal them or whatever, mm -hmm. what if they like, they were ready to be healed and then they saw his leathery old hand coming toward their face Ew. and they're like, you know, maybe, <laughs> never mind, Jesus. <laughs> I think uh, no matter where, what your stance is on religion, Jesus is a good guy. That's a good guy all around. Unless he was a conman. I don't think so. So, you think that he believed it then or that it was real? I don't think he was trying to trick people. I think people may have just attributed some things to him that maybe he didn't say. Like, he probably didn't go like super hard in the paint on like, I am the only way to God. He probably said something kind of similar but then, you know, maybe they twist things later to be like. Well, like think about all the people he healed. Are you saying that stuff like probably didn't even happen either? It was just written about after, later? Yeah. For instance, after he was arrested, the priests and the scribes who interrogated him and put him on a trial, they were trying to ask him questions and stuff and somebody slapped him and he still didn't speak. They asked, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And he replied, I am. And then the guy who asked him, Caiaphas, tore his robe in anger, which is a real blowhard thing to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to rip my clothes <laughs> off. I'm so upset. And accused Jesus of blasphemy. But in the books of Matthew and Luke, his answer was more ambiguous after he... And this is the answer I always remember when he, they ask, are you the son of God? Are you the Messiah? His answer was, you said that or you say that I am or you've said it. I don't know. I thought that was such an interesting distinction. Like in this one chance where he could have literally said, I am the son of God, there are two different books that say his answer was, you said that. By the way, why, why include all four books in the Bible to confuse things like that? Of the gospels? Yeah. I uh, mean, aren't they all retelling the same basic stories? And you know, there's hundreds of books that were left out of the Bible or dozens at least. Yeah. And so, they could have just left out a few of those. It's an interesting choice. I'd like to talk to the editor of the Bible. <laughs> of the Bible. It is, you know, regardless of where one stands on the validity of, you know, Jesus as Christ, the things that were written about him, regardless of the intent, have changed the course of history more than anything else probably, and, and at least in the last 2,000 years. More blood and more love. No, it's weird. Like, no one has probably caused more bloodshed or more like compassion. Yeah. Interesting guy, that, that Jesus. Give me another guess in the top 10. Hmm. I can give you a pretty big hint if you'd like. Well, let me think here. Before 1400, you said no William Wallace. How about, who is the Magna Carta guy? King James. He's not in the top 50. Oh, hell. Yeah, I need a hint. Jesus was considered by many to be a prophet. Oh, Muhammad. 
Mohammed. Number four. Muhammad. So does that mean Jesus is better than Muhammad because he's higher on this list? I don't know. All right. I'm joking. Muhammad lived between 570 and 623 AD, 34 million Wikipedia page views, and according to Wikipedia, Muhammad was an Arab religious, social, and political leader and the founder of Islam. According to Islamic uh, doctrine, he was a prophet sent to present and confirm the monotheistic teachings preached previously by Adam, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and other prophets. Mm-hmm. He is viewed as the final prophet of God in all the main branches of Islam, though some modern denominations diverge from this belief. He was also a heavyweight champion boxer. <laughs> I know very little about Muhammad. Let me tell you about him. He united Arabia into a single Muslim polity with the Quran as well as his teachings and practices forming the basis of Islamic religious belief. The revelations that Muhammad reported receiving until his death form the verses of the Quran, regarded by Muslims as the verbatim word of God on which the religion is based. So, I know some people say that about the Bible too, but less so I think that the Bible is the literal verbatim word of God, whereas that is the belief with the Quran. Muhammad was an orphan by the age of six, raised by various family members. Eventually, he gathered an army of 10,000 Muslim converts and marched on the city of Mecca. The conquest went largely uncontested. So, think about the difference between that and Jesus. Jesus never marched an army into anywhere. Uh, But Muhammad did. He marched 10,000 Muslim converts into Mecca. Conquest went largely uncontested and Muhammad seized the city with little bloodshed. In 632, a few months after returning from the farewell pilgrimage, he fell ill and died. By the time of his death, most of the Arabian Peninsula had converted to Islam. That's it. But it's fascinating that, you know, Jesus had this very dramatic exit. Mm-hmm. Muhammad had a dramatic uh, conquest of the city of Mecca, but his death was extremely unremarkable. How did he die? He fell ill and died. Oh. And again, we're, we're barely scratching the surface here on Muhammad. I guess that's it. Did Muhammad. he ever chop off anybody's head? Yeah, a couple. Jesus didn't do that. No. He kind of shook a whip at some people in that market. There's another prophet in the top 10. Paul. No, was he a prophet? What was Jesus's... um... An apostle? Yeah. He was a disciple. Disciple, that was it. No, he didn't follow Jesus. He, I don't think he ever met Jesus. It was like, it was a few years after he died. Yeah, St. Peter is tied for 29 on this list. Oh, Peter, yeah. He is, uh, oh wait. We're talking about Paul. That's someone yeah, different. Yeah, that's Paul. Peter was actually there with Jesus. So, Paul's not in the top 50 then. Okay. Uh, so, fuck Paul. Yikes. Uh, there's another prophet in the top 10 here. John the Baptist. No, not in the top 50. Abraham? Buddha is number seven. Oh, okay, yeah. Buddha, it's actually, I'm going to get in trouble. Gautama, Gautama, Buddha is the full name. Let me, let me take a look. I may not be any better. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. Well, he lived between the 6th and 4th centuries BC, a lot less clear on his exact dates. 25 million page views to his Wikipedia page. Wikipedia says that Buddha was a monk, a mendicant, sage, philosopher, teacher, and religious leader on whose teachings Buddhism was founded. He is believed to have lived and taught mostly in the northeastern part of ancient India sometime between the 6th and 4th centuries BC. He is among the oldest in the top 10, as far as the furthest away from current day. He's believed by Buddhists to be an enlightened teacher, much like you, Brandon, Uh who attained full Buddhahood and shared his insights to help sentient beings end rebirth and suffering. 
accounts of his life, discourses, and Montes monastic rules are believed by Buddhists to have been summarized after his death and memorized by his followers. Various collections of teachings attributed to him were passed down by oral tradition and first committed to writing about 400 years after his death. So, Buddha's teachings and all that shit, everything we know about him, was passed down orally for 400 years. Playing a little telephone game. But, you know, who wouldn't mind something being passed orally for 400 years? Am I right, fellas? Good Lord. At the age of 80, the Buddha announced that he would soon reach Paranirvana or the final deathless state. I think that was between, never mind, and in utero. Uh, and abandon his earthly body. After this, the Buddha ate his last meal. <laughs> I love the detail here on this next paragraph. Mm -hmm. We can only pinpoint his existence to a 200-year period, but we know the fucking, <laughs> to the fucking T what his last meal was. The Buddha ate his last meal, which he had received as an offering from a blacksmith named Kunda or Kunda. Falling violently ill, Buddha instructed his attendant Ananda to convince Kunda that the meal eaten at his place had nothing to do with his death and that his meal would be a source of the greatest merit as it provided the last meal for a Buddha. The precise contents of the Buddha's last meal are not clear due to variant scriptural traditions and maybe 400 fucking years of the telephone game. <laughs> However, most believe that the Buddha was offered some kind of pork. Uh-oh. Others say uh, he was also, also offered a truffle or some other mushroom. Something hurt his tummy. Something hurt his tummy. That's Buddha number seven in the top ten. Tennis patron Buddha. Hmm. Okay, so there's two left, nine and ten. Yeah, and it's actually two number nines. They're tied. Okay. Well, they're both kind of military based. Okay. Let me start with that. Let's start with uh, one. Th this one, uh, lots of movies, films, books based on this guy. Well-known name. He has a quote that maybe should have been in our top ten quotes episode. In one of the movies. Hmm. Let me start reading you a little about him. Okay. He lived between uh, 111 and 71 BC, 22 million Wikipedia page views. He was a Thracian gladiator who was one of the escaped slave leaders in the Third Servile War, a major slave uprising against the Roman Republic. Spartacus? Spartacus. Yeah. Spartacus had a very short Wikipedia page, like two or three sections, I want to say. Wow, interesting. Little is known about Spartacus beyond the events of the war. However, all sources agree that he was a former gladiator and an accomplished military leader. The final battle that saw the assumed defeat of Spartacus in 71 BC took place on the present territory of Sinercia, Sinercia, in the area that includes the border with Olivito, whatever the fuck. In this area since 1899, there have been uh, finds of armor and swords of the Roman era. Uh, but Plutarch and a few others claim that Spartacus died during the battle, but no body was ever found. 6,000 survivors of his army were crucified aligning the Appian Way from Rome to Capua. Holy hell. 6,000 crucifixions. You know, even if you want to do that because you hated these guys, it's just a lot of work. God. Just building the crosses is a lot of work. Like, uh, didn't they have that in Game of Thrones where people were crucified yeah. or like just the endless screaming and suffering? How Metal and messed up is that? Metal, yeah. That's the word I thought of too, Brandon. But think about all the overtime those crucifiers had to put in. 6,000 of the some bitches lining up. They had to build the cross, carry the cross to the spot. A lot of post hole diggers used. Nail the, nail the motherfucker to the cross, you know, rest in peace, his soul, whatever. And then dig a hole, stand the cross up like a fence post uh, every few miles for however many miles. It's a lot of goddamn work. 
And they, they had people doing this shit instead of like building, you know, sanitation or buildings and shit and wherever the hell they're wasting time crucifying people. So, I've never seen Spartacus. I think, I guess I need to. Did you know? Tell me if you knew this. I had no idea that the film Spartacus was based on a novel by Howard Fast, mm-hmm. but it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yep. I did know that and despite that, I still haven't seen it. That's, that shocks me, Brandy. Mm-hmm. The phrase, I'm Spartacus from the film has been referenced in a number of other films and commercials. In modern times, Spartacus became an icon for communists and socialists. Karl Marx listed Spartacus as one of his heroes. And how can, how can this guy be a hero when like all we know about him is that he fought in wars and died? Karl Marx described him as one of his heroes, has described him as the most splendid fellow in the whole of ancient history and a great general, noble character, real representative of the ancient proletariat. I don't know why this guy is top 10. I mean, I know it has to be because of the movie. I'm not saying he wasn't important. I think the idea of him being a slave and then leading a revolution and an uprising is probably like a very inspiring idea. Well, I read in the... When I was skimming his page, I saw that there was a lot of uh, debate on whether he really was part of that, whether or not he was actually leading a slave rebellion. Again, it's all just some hogwash that somebody made up. Some Hollywood writer wrote it. Yeah, it says, no historical account mentions that the goal was to end slavery. There you go. Fraud, Spartacus, huh? (laughs) Did he even exist? So, there's someone who is tied for him. Yeah. And it's also a military... Well, it's closer to an Alexander the Great type Mm. where he was a ruler. Mm -hmm. This is the one I was thinking of earlier when I said Alexander the Great was controversial. Okay. This guy's controversial because there's a lot of debate. There is truly a lot of debate whether he is a real person or not. Is he Greek? No. Or Roman? Nope. I'm out of guesses. This this one's tough. All right, I'll read you some. He uh, lived between the 5th and 6th centuries, 22 million Wikipedia page views. He was a legendary British leader who, according to medieval histories and romances, led the defense of Britain against Saxon invaders in the oh, late King, 5th. King Arthur? King Arthur, tied for number nine. He had the details of his story are mainly composed of folklore and literary invention and modern historians generally agree that he is unhistorical. In other words, he didn't actually exist. Okay. Despite that, he's still number nine here. King Arthur, he is among the oldest figures in the top 10. Oh, lived to be the oldest. No, what I mean is he's the furthest away from modern times. The most ancient, I guess, in the top 10. Oh, really? Between the 5th and 6th centuries BC. Oh, good lord. That's a lot further back than I thought. I thought it was like medieval. Five or 600 years before Jesus was born. Oh, I thought he was from medieval times. No. He's from back when they were like wearing like furs and shit. Arthurian literature, so literature about King Arthur, thrived during the Middle Ages. Okay. Um, so, that's when his legend really grew. That's why they made him look like he was from the Middle Ages. So, if you're living in the Middle Ages, there's probably, there, there's, there's no books about King Arthur. So, everything has got to be told orally over time, right? I would assume they had scrolls and stuff maybe. It's amazing. When you really do think about it, it is amazing how much information has survived over the course of history given all the variables. but. Anyway, we've been over that ad nauseum, I guess. He thri- his story thrived during the Middle Ages but waned after that and he was mostly uh, kind of uh, not talked about much until a resurgence in the 19th century and in the 21st century, legend lives on through film, theater and more. Mm-hmm. The historical accuracy of King Arthur has been a source of considerable debate. 
Today, academic historians generally agree that Arthur was a mythological or folkloric figure. He pulled the sword Excalibur out of the... Did he? That was the story. That yeah. The sword from the... No, he, he didn't get the sword from the stone. He got it from uh, the Lady of the Lake. There's different versions. Right. The sword and the stone is loosely based on King Arthur. Okay. He got it from some creepy lake lady. Wait, are you talking about his STD or his sword? His sword. Okay. I'm still not sure if you're talking about STD or not. So, you did it, Brandon, with a lot, a lot, a huge, plentiful, huge amount of help. You did it. Yeah, that was way more on the interesting side than it was on the nailing a guess, nailing the whole top 10 side. Hope you little assholes out there learned something. Let's go back through the top 10. This is top 10 most viewed Wikipedia pages ever of pre-modern people. Two number nine, Spartacus, King Arthur. Number eight, Plato. Number seven, Buddha. Number six, Mr. Aristotle. Number five, Genghis Khan. Number four, Muhammad. Number three, Julius Caesar. Number two, Alexander the Great. Number one, the man himself. Jesus. Hell yeah. That was fun, right? Yeah, that was a good one. A little different. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I want to let you know that what you're listening to now is episode 63. Episode 65 is coming up and it's going to be a Q&A episode just like episode 25 and 45 were. Episode 65 is going to drop the day before Thanksgiving. So, you have until then to send in questions for us to answer. Questions can be about anything. Could be about us, our show, could be about movies, TV, could be about politics, it could be about your weird fucking recurring dreams, whatever. Nothing's off limits. If you want to ask us a question, tag us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 10ishpod. There, I said it. What else do you want to say, Brandon, before we relieve our listeners? Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. We'll get to the next episode, the top 10 most mentioned Bible characters, right after this quick ad break. Hey, it's time for an ad break. This is Brandon, and I've got a call to action for you. An engagement opportunity. I want you to reach into your pocket right now. Hey, not you, creep. Pull out all the coins you got in there. Take those coins, pile them up. Guess what? You've got enough to cover your new Tennis Pod Plus membership. Brings me to my next call to action. Take your phone right now. Go to tennispod.com plus. There you'll find information on joining your fellow Tennis Pod listeners as members of Tennis Pod Plus. What is Tennis Pod Plus, you're asking? Why have I said it so many times? Well, Tennis Pod Plus is our new branding for our Patreon. It's where you're going to find dozens of exclusive bonus episodes like our top 10 most popular soft drinks, a deep dive into QAnon, Nick quizzing me on my Star Wars knowledge, and many more. Plus, you're going to get early access to main episodes like the one you're listening to right now. It gets even better because members are skipping this ad right now. They don't even hear it. In fact, members skip all ads on all episodes. There's more benefits available too like free merch and swag throughout the year and custom advertising options for small business owners. Signing up is super easy. You just go to tennispod.com slash plus. Within a minute or two, you'll be signed up for as little as $2 per month. That's tennispod.com slash P-L-U-S. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you can sign up with just one click from our Apple Podcast page. So what are you waiting for? All that shit's coming straight at you. All you got to do is go to tennispod.com slash plus and sign up. 
If you're listening to the sound in your ears right now, then you're listening to the show called The Tennis Podcast and the voice emanating from that show into your ears that you're hearing at the exact moment of now is the voice of the host of the show, The Tennis Podcast, and that host's name is Nick Amell. You lost me. You lost me. Who are you? I'm Brandon. Yeah? Uh, and I'm the sidekick host. Sidekick host. Yeah, you did your best to throw me off with that, with that introduction. But I will say that if you if you go back and carefully listen and follow the path of my words, then they are correct. You laid accurate. the breadcrumbs. Yeah. It's like watching a movie that leaves little hints throughout and you don't know what it is and then you watch it again and then you're like, oh, that's what Holy that was. Shit, it took a long time just to say, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. What is this show? You tell them what the show is because I keep right. getting it wrong. We guess each other's list. That's right. it. And I have the list this week. I brought the list. I, I bet I had a question to ask you. Before we start the list, Nick, do you ever spend any time in Sunday school? Of course. I grew up in a very Sunday school. Sunday school man- love and home? Yeah. Well, I did too. I did my fair share of time in Sunday school. Hard time. It is hard time. You got to think that at some point there's some preacher that was like, ah, I'm having a hard time getting kids to come to this extra church on Sunday. <laughs> we need a, we need some kind of a we could need some kind of name for this earlier church service on Sunday. We need how what, what would excite the kids and get them like hopping out of bed on a on a weekend morning? Uh, let's call it school. Sunday school. Yeah, I loved Sunday school. <clears throat> so always loved it. I'm taking never you, pretended to be sick to get out of going. I'm taking you back to Sunday school. Great, and we're going to talk about. The most mentioned names in the Bible. Oh. <laughs> a lot of our Sunday school... I was a bad student. A lot of our Sunday school favorites are popping up in here. And I don't know if this makes the best episode title, most mentioned names in the Bible. We might even have to, just like that first preacher dressed up early extra church into Sunday school, we should dress up this episode name with something like most popular Bible characters or hottest Bible characters. Hottest, that's a good one. But I would say... The preacher you mentioned, he didn't dress up the words extra church with Sunday school. He <laughs> dressed sideways or dressed down. Yeah, that was a lateral move at best. Yeah, lateral move. Okay, so... Hottest be, names in the Bible. These are the names that are mentioned the most times in the Bible. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I did not include God as an entity as one of the names mentioned in the Bible. My first guess. Yeah, it's not God. When you say names mentioned the most time, is it the names of specific people or it could yes. be peop- yeah. multiple names? So, if there's more than one David. People as in like singular characters. Okay. So, characters mentioned the most, we yeah. could say. Yeah. Fictional characters, am I right? Well, for today's episode, we are going to take the Bible at its word as a literary document. Tell me why you can take it. Right. All the, the counting, the stats for these names. I've actually been working on this for three months. And you I, did this yourself? Yes. How the fuck did you do that? Uh, just counting, keeping a spreadsheet of Bible names. Well, wait. W- nah, I Googled it. It's on... Oh, so- right. God damn. I got it from Southern Nazarene University and they probably paid like a freshman. Well, that's a great segue because today's sponsor of the show is Southern Nazarene University. Uh, perfect. Somebody there can count very well because I've got... I actually have the top 15 most mentioned. It's actually 16. There's a tie for number four. Wow, everyone 
Hang on, give everyone a minute to pick themselves off the floor from being so impressed with you for collecting all 16. I googled them. So yeah, let's, uh, let's just get right into it. The names mentioned, or no, so it's the people. Let's, let's just say people. Most Because it's not the names. Most yeah. mentioned people in the Bible. Okay. Now, I did grow up in church, mm-hmm. but it has been a minute since I've been in a church. And it's been a minute since I've cracked open that literary document, but I feel like I could do okay at this. Let's start with, let's start with Moses. Moses is number three. Knew He's it. the third most mentioned person in the Bible. It mentioned 803 times. God. Loved talking about Moses. Is that strictly 803 times like within his section or do no, they mention him later? It's from the yeah, from all, all throughout. And they mentioned him. He's mentioned in the New Testament as well. What did he ever do to get mentioned so much? Am I right? Well, I'm about to tell you. He did a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Now, most of these stories, I think people probably know. But maybe some people don't. Maybe some people escaped Sunday school. Oh, God bless them. Or they follow other religions, Brandon. That's how they escaped. Yeah. Okay. Moses was an Israelite prophet. He was born an Israelite slave in Egypt. Him too, huh? Yeah, at this time, the Pharaoh, he's sick of all these Israelite babies. (laughs) He said, all the little male babies, you got to drown them in the river. No, that's not... That is exactly what he said. I know, but it wasn't because he was just sick of them. (laughs) Oh, because he was afraid that their numbers were growing too many. He was afraid that they were going to rebel against him. And he was sick of the babies. He was sick of listening to the crying all the time. He said, "Yeah, pop him in the water. This woman had a baby and said, not my baby. She stuck him in a basket mm-hmm. and put him in the Nile River and he floated down to the Pharaoh's daughter. Is that... What? I mean, is it if you're told to drown your baby and you just put him unprotected in a basket yeah, down you... like the largest river in the world? I mean, is that really so much better? <laughs> a crocodile could have gotten him. Yeah. But and... did, a crocodile didn't get him if Pharaoh's yeah. daughter got him. Pretty much if you're going to get got by anybody, you want the Pharaoh's daughter to pull you out of the river. Why didn't the Pharaoh just kill that baby still? It's like when your dad says, we're not getting a dog and then some stray dog shows up and you feed him. He's kind of cute and he's like, all right, well, this one can stay, but no more dogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then Moses grew up and he became an adult and he knew that he was an Israelite. Mm -hmm. He killed a slave master that was beating one of his Israelite brethren. And then he had to flee to the desert because you're not supposed to kill those guys. Of course. Even though you want to. Everybody wants to. And when he went to the desert, that's where he got married to his wife, Zipporah. He met her in the desert? Mm-hmm. Somewhere. Yeah. I guess she lived out there. <laughs> but I mean, but what does that mean, running out to the desert? You're just, oh, it's I like being a, a mountain man, but in the desert, right? There were places around. It was a desert area. I don't think I it mean, was just the middle of the desert. But Egypt is a desert. It's all desert. All right. Anyway, he's just trading one for another. Anyway, God came down and was a burning bush. (laughs) I'm not drunk. This is the real story. No, I know. I know. God caught a bush on fire and told Moses, you're going to lead all your people straight out of Egypt to the promised land. Get going. And Moses is like, "Ah, me not talk so good. (sighs) Because he was not a good speaker. I don't know if he stuttered or what. But that was his excuse to not do it. But anyway, God said, now you got to go do it anyway and you can take your brother Aaron. Aaron can speak for you. So, he went back to Egypt. 
he told Pharaoh, you know, let my people go. Pharaoh says, Whoa, let my people go. Bow, bow. Whoa, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Whoa, let my people go. I guarantee you that the majority of our listeners were singing that song as soon as you said it. So, I just had to give it to them. I think most of them rammed their car into the first guardrail. <laughs> They're gone now. Yeah. So, anyway. I regret nothing. Now, the 10 plagues were all a bunch of crazy fucked up stuff. I didn't write them all down, but it was nuts. They sent, uh, it rained frogs, it rained blood, the rivers turned to blood, the, all the animals died, there were flies everywhere. There was locusts everywhere. It's like the day Trump became president. People's butts fell off. <laughs> that didn't happen. But then they had the Passover. That was the last plague. The last plague was the worst. It was God was going to kill every firstborn son in Egypt unless you kill the little baby lamb and then paint its blood above your door and then you'd be passed over. Your kid wouldn't get killed. Hell of a guy, that God. This is some wild shit. We're going to learn today, Old Testament God di did and said some wild shit. So then Moses said, everybody, we got to get the fuck out of here right now. And he parted the Red Sea and they ran across it. And then it came back together and it smushed the Pharaoh <laughs> well, I, in water. Drowned him. Smushed, yeah. Okay. Uh, then Moses led the people uh, and he went up Mount Sinai by himself. I high-fived God and got the Ten Commandments. Yeah. The Ten Commandments were written on these big stone tablets. He came back down the mountain and looked around and everybody had started worshiping a golden cow. Wait, no, stop there. What? He came back down from the mountain. He, when yeah. he went up the mountain, he was like, everybody, okay, keep doing what you're doing. Chill out. Don't get out of hand. Keep praying to God and loving God and stuff. I got to go up here and I got to talk to God. He's got some notes to pass me. I'm going to bring him back down and we'll go from there. Okay? Break. He goes up the mountain and gets the Ten Commandments. He hustles them back down the mountain. When he gets back, these idiots, and it's just the time it took him to go up the mountain and get these stone tablets, they have made a golden, <laughs> a, a cow made out of gold, and that's their new god. But why, how, what is the conversation that happens among these people that say this thing that we know we made right here during this time is somehow divine and we need to worship it? Uh, I have a lot of questions. And it happened in the amount of time it took him to get up and down a mountain. Well, you know, I think when everyone thinks of the story, at least for me, like when you think of the story of most people have heard the story, Moses goes up the mountain, gets the Ten Commandments, comes back down. When you say it, you think, oh, he just went up and did it, came back. But it was probably... Yeah, it was like 30 days or something. Yeah, it was like days or weeks okay, or months. 30 days to go from I believe in this God to like, uh, how about this thing that was a bunch of our jewelry... <laughs> Until a couple weeks ago, until some crazy guy convinced everybody to melt that, smelt that shit down and forge a calf. We'll forge our own God. And then worship it. What do you think is going to happen by worshiping that? What happened was the same How thing. How do you get happened. all the tablets down? There's 10 of them. And wasn't he an old man no, by this point? there was five written on each tablet. He had one in each hand. Oh, yeah. And he comes back down the mountain. He sees the golden calf and all these idiots are around worshiping it. And he's like. God damn it. And he breaks the Ten Commandments and he's like, fuck, that was another thing I wasn't supposed to do. Say God damn it. So, and he's like, all right, everybody, 
calm the fuck down. It's like, first of all, I got to write these Ten Commandments down on another stone, I guess. I shouldn't have broken that. That's going to be hard to replace. Uh, Also, we're going to melt down this cow. And if I saw you, when I came down here, if I saw you worshiping the cow, we're going to pour the molten gold into your mouths. Wait, that happened? I think so. He poured that murder, right? He murdered this? It said that he fed it to him. So, this is God and Moses murdering a bunch of people on their own. God and Moses murdered people all the time. I know, but I just want to underline this point for people that are not familiar with it. Because I had forgotten that, that they force fed them all the gold. Yeah, shouldn't have done it. Well, anyway, after that, they wandered through the desert for 40 years. (laughs) They should have stuck with the calf. Trying to find the promised land. Yeah, the calf was already there. (laughs) Now, Moses died within sight of the promised land. He wasn't allowed to enter it. Why? Well, if I tell you why, it'll ruin one of the other uh, answers. But we'll find out later why he died within sight of the promised land at the age of 120. Didn't they, in the Old Testament, there were people that lived to like a thousand years old? Yeah, well, I don't know about a thousand, but we're going to hear some wild stuff today about around ages too. By the way, when I, the church I grew up in, we were taught that the Bible was to be taken literally. Was it that way for you? Yes. So, I was taught as a child that there wasn't literal Adam and Eve and they were literally created yeah. and they literally, li- every, like everything that was written in the Bible was, was fact. So, and, and I know not all sec- not all forms of uh, Bible teaching teach that way. So, for whatever it's worth. Well, I have one more little bit on uh, Moses and it's one of the like craziest metal things I've ever seen in the Bible. I didn't realize Moses said this. This was during the war against the Midianites. He said, have ye saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. Now, Therefore, kill every male among the little ones, and kill every woman that hath known a man by lying with him. But all the women children that hath not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. What? Isn't that... (laughs) How does this shit get overlooked in this... Like, no one ever talks about that part of the story. He said, all the women hyphen children who have not known a man by lying with him. Take them for yourselves. Keep alive for yourselves. How is this okay? Well, when Kobe died, everybody forgot that he raped a chick. <laughs> yeah, but damn, it's like, well, I mean, there's just so much, I mean, millions and millions of people that like mm-hmm. live their life by this shit. And sure, the Bible has a lot of good lessons in it, no doubt. But it's like, I don't know. I'm you dropping can't... knowledge today then, aren't no, I? No, you just can't pick and choose the parts of the Bible that are good. You have to take it all or none of it, in my opinion. So, anyway, I don't have a point. I'm Lots, just... There's a lot to digest today. Yeah. All right. So, that's Moses. Moses, hell of a guy. Damn. 120. I bet he still had a great ass though at, even at the end because of all those years in the desert. You don't have an ass past like age 80. Well, then let's talk about Noah. Noah is not in the top 10. Okay. So, do you want to stop playing April Fool's jokes on me and admit that Noah is in the top 10? He's not. How is that possible? He built the damn ark. The earth and life would not exist as it does today without Noah. That's true. However, no. His grandson is definitely in the top 10 and is mentioned prominently. 
I don't remember who his grandson is, but... Uh, you will. So I didn't know this person was his grandson. Well, I guess we're all the grandson of Noah technically, right? Yes. So, Brandon, you and I are related. Uh, well, I'm going to have to let 23andMe <laughs> look into that. <laughs> Our next sponsor, 23andMe. Okay, how about Joshua? Didn't he take over for Moses after Moses died? No, you're thinking of someone else. But Joshua is number 11 on the list. Who is Joshua again? Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho. Yeah, I thought that was the Moses, or the Moses tribe that fought that. Was uh, that not? Maybe, I don't know, but it wasn't. He wasn't, okay. he wasn't the second banana to Moses. That second banana is on the top 10 though. Yeah, I don't remember his name at the moment, but let's do another old asshole who was willing, ready, and able to murder his son at the top of a mountain mm -hmm. because his nice loving God asked him to nicely. Yeah. And that would be Abraham. Yeah, Abraham is the one who is the grandson of Noah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that till today either. Abraham is number seven on the list. He is mentioned in the Bible 294 times with 56 of those being under his original name of Abram. So, Abraham, you might know him as the common patriarch of Christianity, Islam, Judaism, and some other religions. And the 16th president. And he started out, like I said, named Abram. And his grandfather was Noah, who built an ark. Mm -hmm. uh, Abraham was really tight with God. He married a woman by the name of Sarah, and she was barren. And the Bible is very quick to point out that Sarah was barren. Ugh. Her womb was a rocky place where Abram's seed could find no purchase. You might say it was a desert. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, uh -huh. God declared Abraham, or declared him to, he said, hey, your new name is Abraham. Just got to add some ham in there. Yeah. Uh, he says it means the father of many nations. And God said, but wait, there's more. Sarah, your wife, who is 90 years old. Oh, baby. She's going to have a son. And Abraham laughed at this news. But he believed God so much that he invented circumcision right then. And he had his whole entire household, including himself and his first son, 13-year-old Ishmael, circumcised. Now, what, what was the point of the circumcision? I forget. It's like a symbol of your, the covenant with God, I think. But what? I don't know. Because Abram made that shit up, right? He's like, to show you how great you are, I'm going to chop off part of my penis right yeah. here and I'm going to do it to my son too. And every, I mean, all his servants too, everyone who was a male in his house. Yeah, and there's no pain medication like, back then, people. I didn't know the boss was going to be cutting his cock off. <laughs> I know this was part of the job. Yeah, fuck, man. Where's that? Where's a golden calf when you need one to worship? Golden calf never made you cut off your dick. <laughs> yeah, the golden calf. Yeah, golden calf left my dick alone. Sarah did have a son. His name was Isaac. And when Isaac was a kid, God told Abraham, "Hey, kill that some bitch." Yeah, God was kind. Of, I mean, they say you can't understand his ways. He works in mysterious ways. Well. This is one hell of a mystery here. He says, hey, Abraham, go kill your son. <laughs> if you really love me, uh, kill your kid. And Abraham's like, we thought my wife was barren for like 70 years. And she miraculously has a kid and now I got to kill him. 
And not only that, but he said, you got to kill him on this mountain that's three days away. Uh, so, Abraham traveled for three days with a bunch of servants and his son Isaac. And then he made Isaac carry the wood up the mountain on which he would be sacrificed. Oh, my God. And on he the wasn't lo- just killed. He, was, or he wasn't just going to kill him. He was going to sacrifice him. Something yeah. about that wording. Uh, along the way, Isaac asked his father, you know, innocently, where is the animal for the burnt offering? And Abraham replied, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. <sighs> this is a horror film is what it is. That's what I thought. Yeah, it sounds like something out of The Witch. So, just as Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, he got interrupted by an angel. Hate that. And the angel said... It, angels interrupt me too, but usually not when I'm I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> Get out of here. Save it. He saw uh, behind the angel a ram that was caught in a thicket by its horns. And he said, I'll use that instead. So, he untied Isaac and he was like, hey, don't tell your mom about the knife thing, okay? Yeah, what did Isaac think about this? And that'd be the first thing you'd say is like, don't tell your mom. Yeah, of course. So, God's testing him, right? Testing his faith. Mm-hmm. But well, why? for his obedience, well, here's why. He proved his obedience and he got another promise of numerous descendants and abundant prosperity. And he got to keep being alive. How does a 99-year-old man even climb a mountain? Well, at this time, he would have been more than 100. He lived to the age of uh, 175. I have to imagine he looked like exactly like a little brown Yoda. Living to 175 pre, you know, over 2,000 years, I don't know how, tens of thousands, I don't know how many fucking years ago. Long ass time ago. Think of how old they looked when they were 30. Yeah, and there's no modern medicine. They got to look like a churro or something when they're... <laughs> a churro. We love and respect and appreciate all of our churro looking listeners. A churro would be awesome right now. Anyway, yeah. you got uh, Abraham in number seven. All right. I guess another Bible guy. David. King David. King David. David is number two. Really? On the list. That's high. He was mentioned 971 times. Can't keep David's name out of our mouth. Oh, well, let me tell you a little bit about old David. He was the there's son of- There's a few Davids, right? Because there's the David that killed Goliath. David the Numb. David- No, there's just- This is all the same David. It's the same guy? Is this the David that kept watching some chick across the oh, way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. <laughs> That's the same David that killed Goliath? Oh, yeah. Damn. This guy led a hell of a life. All right. Let's get to it. All right. David was the son of a fellow who goes by the name of Jesse. It's one of the easiest names in the Bible. Yeah, that is a very unbiblical name. I don't like it. So, he's the son of Jesse. He was the youngest of Jesse's eight sons. Now, when David was growing up, the king of Israel was Saul. And Saul had a prophet named Samuel that kind of worked with him. And Samuel, uh, God got pissed off at Saul for something which we'll discuss at some point later. God told Samuel, like, you got to find a new king and it's going to be this kid, uh, the shepherd kid over there, David. And Samuel's like, hmm, I got to hold on to that in my back pocket. Uh, So, God still wasn't through fucking with Saul for uh, pissing (laughs) him off. God just needs to take a chill pill, it sounds like. God has no chill in the Old Testament. (laughs) So, he sent an evil spirit (laughs) to torment King Saul. (laughs) 
and I don't know. What it, says. it just says an evil spirit. I don't know. I guess it was like singing in his ear, just. <laughs> it sounded like uh, kids singing jingle bells in the summertime. Who would be an evil spirit today that you wouldn't want haunting? Well, my you? kid sings jingle bells in like the middle of June. <laughs> it, I think that sounds like an evil spirit tormenting me. What about Santa Baby? Does he sing that? No, he doesn't know. He doesn't know that song. So I'm gonna teach him. King Saul's servants said uh, they recommended that he call in the best liar player in the land. Now you, the L Y R E, the liar. It's like a little harp, and David could play the liar like fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> okay, damn David. <laughs> so they bring in David. He could play a chord that pleased the Lord, and King Saul loved it. So, then... He's up dancing. He's up. They're fighting the Philistines. They're like, who's going to go... The Philistines have a fucking giant. They have a guy who's like nine or ten feet tall. Biggest swinging donkey dong you've ever seen. (laughs) Comes out with a sword and a shield and no man can beat him. And David pipes up and he's like, I'll do it. And they're like, did the fucking harp player just say he was going to do it? And he does. He goes out there in his flip-flops with the slingshot. And wickety whack beans the giant in the forehead and kills him. And then he goes and chops off his head. Yeah, they leave that part out of that Sunday school story too. Yeah, the part where this little guy who just used a slingshot, yeah, is holding up this gnarly giant's head. I hold up a gnarly giant's head too sometimes. Am I right? So after that, Saul said, David, you have command over all my armies. But then Saul got afraid of how popular David had become. David had to flee and hide for a while. That's a... Desert? Yeah, that's a recurring theme in the Bible. Like, shit goes wrong, you just flee. Yep. But then Saul gets killed in a battle and David returns and he becomes king. So, now David's the king and one night he's standing outside, I guess with half a boner and he sees this woman. (laughs) He sees this woman. Now, get... Talk about appropriate names. She's bathing outside. Yeah, outside, right? Yeah, and her name is Bathsheba. Bathsheba? Bathsheba. Is that a first and last name? No, that's just her name, Bathsheba. Bathsheba? Yeah. It sounds like a lady who would work at a hair salon or something now. Bathsheba. No, it sounds like whoever was writing and making this story up as they went, they're like, Bathsheba. <laughs> they're like running out of ideas and they said, just name her fucking Bathsheba. No, I don't know. Bath, bath something. Yeah. So, he sees this lady taking a bath outside clearly moaning for a boning if she's oh, just taking damn. a bath outside. No. So, he summons her and he lays on top of her and gets her pregnant. <laughs> okay. And then he's was like... Was it consensual? Do we know? We don't. The Bible was not specific but he did lay on top of her. So, he's like, well, how do I fix this? I know. I'll kill her husband. <laughs> he's away fighting for Israel uh, and he does. His name, this guy's name was Uriah and he had him killed in a battle and then he married his widow, Bathsheba. Well, doesn't he put her on the front, put the husband on the front line of the army? Yeah. Now, uh, oh God. So, David went from a hero to a villain, right? In the story, basically? Or is this not seen as a bad thing? No, it was bad. The, the next part is... Okay. The Go next ahead. part starts with the words, for his sin. For his sin, God has David's son, Absalom rebel against Israel and Absalom's long hair, it got caught in the branches of a tree. David's like military commander, Joab, ran up and killed him. Probably stabbed a bunch of times and chopped his head off. It wasn't specific. But at David's command? No. 
It was just in the heat of battle. You know, okay. his son had led the rebellion and Joab's like, I take down rebels. So, he went, stab, 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 choppity chop. This is God using people as chessboard pieces because he takes the son to rebel against David because of what David did and then the son just dies. God's like, oh, that didn't work. Let's go to the next thing. He should have killed her husband before he laid on top of her. Yeah, or how about just kill David, God? Well, David didn't get to live to be 186 years old like everybody else. He died at the age of 70 after reigning for 40 years and he passed down the crown to the son that he had with Bathsheba. And a footnote about David, Michelangelo made a statue of him and gave him the tiniest meat I've ever seen on a sculpture. (laughs) Michelangelo must have hated David. Did David like never get any punishment for what he did? Other, I guess his son died, yeah. but I didn't get the sense that he really gave a shit about the son anyway. He probably shrugged that off. Well, fuck, that's David number two. Is the story of David and Goliath, would you say that's the most popular slash famous slash referenced story in the Bible outside of like something involving Jesus? Probably a tie between that and Noah's Ark. I think it's Noah, David... I'm talking about their stories. Noah, David, maybe Adam and Eve. I don't know. So, is Adam and Adam and or Eve on here? The rescuers down under? <sighs> no, Adam and Eve aren't on here. And in fact, there's no women in the list. Well, of course not. Can't have women. I'm surprised. Women are there to take baths and get pregnant <laughs> as long as they're not barren. Yeah, I was going to say or be marked barren. Can you imagine a 90-something-year-old lady giving birth? <laughs> Can you imagine a 99-year-old guy fucking her? I know number one, I assume, as long as he's not disqualified. From no, this. he's not disqualified. Okay, but well, I'll save him. Let's do him last. He is who he is. I am what I am. No ladies. No Noah. Two, a couple of them we've already mentioned. Well, you said Joshua was 11. Yeah. Goliath? No. We just mentioned Samuel? No, Sa- Sa- Saul. Sa- Saul. Saul. King Saul. He's number five. What is he the king of? Egypt? Israel. Israel, okay. Uh, He was mentioned 362 times. Yeah, he was king before old David. He was the first king of the kingdom of Israel and Judah. He was, listen to this shit, Saul, son of Kish, of the family Mitrites, member of the tribe of Benjamin, married to Ahinoam, who bore him four sons, Abinadab, (laughs) Malkishua, Ish-bosheth and Jonathan. Now, is this a Israel recipe book you're reading me or are no. these he also, names of And people? two daughters, names of Mereb and Macau. Macau? Michelle? And he also had a concubine named Rizpah. What is a concubine? Concubine is a woman who's not your wife who you just use for making more kids. <sighs> uh, he had two sons with her, Armani and Mephibosheth. Of course, I love Mephibosheth. Now Saul, he loved going to war. He led military campaigns against the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, Aram Rehob, and the kings of Zobah, the Philistines, and the Amalekites. Now, these are all ancient cities that no longer exist, right? This is all, yeah, all kinds of tribes and shit that like, isn't nuts? Every single one of these had their own like cultures and customs, probably like language or dialect, their own histories and stuff. And they're just some name that we're like, what the fuck? Edomites, it sounds a little bit like Edamame. 
<laughs> it is crazy. So, God said to Saul through the prophet Samuel, the last ones I mentioned, the Amalekites, God told him to utterly destroy them. Why? Because uh, that's how he was feeling that day. <sighs> I'm really getting sick of God's shit. So, Saul killed all the men, the women, the children, and the poor quality livestock. He kept the king of the Amalekites alive, and he kept the good quality livestock alive. That, in David's story, is why God got pissed and said, Saul, you can't be king no more. That's Wait, what... so I thought God wanted him to destroy them. He wanted him to destroy them. Saul kept the king alive and kept the good quality livestock alive. Why did he keep the king alive? I don't know. Hopefully to torture him. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. God says, you don't get to be king anymore. I'm going to make a shepherd boy who can play the harp pretty sweet. I'm going to make him a king instead. He also gets to marry your daughter. After all the shit, Saul was like, fuck this. He went to battle. I can't remember who they're battling with. In the battle of Gilboa, he purposely fell on his sword. Suicide. I think so. But man, I, I don't mean to keep like harping on God, but like he really changes in the New Testament. Yeah. Because here he's telling people what's going to happen to them. Well, in Christianity, that's kind of the point of Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus is like, okay, we're not doing any more of this crazy wild man stuff anymore. I'm going to go and take all the hits that you'd be dishing out Old Testament style. I'll take these hits so that everyone else can live, you know, free of your crazy rules and wildness. All right, so uh, you, I don't, Saul had just killed himself in battle. Yeah, that was the end of old Saul. So, let's talk about New Testament for a bit here. Well, actually, I couldn't tell you if this guy was new or old. I think he's new because he was after, I think he's after Jesus, but uh, Peter, Paul, those guys? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, not Peter, but yeah, Paul. We can talk about, talk about Paul. Paul is number Peter, 10. Peter was a disciple. Peter was a, an apostle and one of Jesus' 12 disciples, yeah. Okay. Peter was then, there like at the crucifixion and stuff. And Paul was before Jesus. And Paul was after, God which damn. is exactly what we're about to talk about. Paul's okay. number 10 on the list. He's mentioned 228 times, despite not showing up until the book of Acts. 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 Not Acts like... It would be badass if he was wielding an axe, but acts like... Like, Sister Act. Yeah. Sister Acts. The sequel to Sister Act, Sister Acts. Yeah. So, Paul was uh, an apostle, although, like I mentioned, he did not... He was not a contemporary of Jesus. He was born Saul of Tarsus. His original name was Saul. And before he converted, he was a bit of an ass to, <laughs> yeah. to Christians. He persecuted Christians. I believe his job was like a tax collector. Man, that would have been a fun job. He was an all-around b-hole. If you collect taxes out there, just unsubscribe from yeah. our show. So, Paul was on the road to Damascus and, did, you know, he didn't buy this Jesus stuff. That wasn't his bag. But he had a vision on the road of Jesus. Jesus shows up and he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, what the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> and Jesus says, I, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. 
And then Jesus says uh, one of the kind of cooler and more metal things in the New Testament. He says, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. The fuck does that mean? The persecution hurts. It's hard for him to grow his audience, to grow his congregation with jerks like Saul tearing him down. Now, is this before or after Saul helped Walter and Jesse? Hmm. Let's just let it sit. Let it marinate. (laughs) So, anyway, for his trouble, uh, God blinded Paul for three days. (laughs) So, someone led him into Damascus by hand and he started praying his ass off, you know, apologizing. Yeah. He converted and his sight came back. Look at that. From there, we all know the age old story. He started ministering here, there, and everywhere, wrote a bunch of letters. He was basically a big blowhard. <laughs> you know, Thomas Jefferson wrote a lot about like uh, the Bible and stuff. And he wrote that Paul, to him, he said he was the first person, first corrupter of the doctrines of Jesus. Thomas Jefferson didn't think much of Paul. But why? Is Thomas Jefferson basing that off of Paul's writings? Yeah. Didn't Paul write his own story in the Bible? Yeah. Paul twisted okay. a bunch of stuff. I saw three different passages today where he was against homosexuality. He was really turned off by that. Well, a lot of people were in those days. So, he got arrested and sent to Rome on account of he was a Christian and people were sick of their business. He spent two years in Rome under house arrest waiting for trial. And it didn't say anything about the trial, just skipped right to him getting his head chopped off in Rome. Oh, fuck. By orders of Nero, Emperor Nero. Uh, so, that's Paul. His head came off. God damn. It's weird to think of even back in these days, 2,000 years ago, you still had to wait for two years for your damn trial. Yeah. And they chopped his head off. Damn. His head came right off. Okay. Is Daniel from the lion's den in here? No. Solomon. Solomon is number eight on the list. I knew it. He's mentioned 272 times. Let me tell you a little bit about old Solomon. He was a fabulously wealthy and wise king of the United Kingdom of Israel who succeeded his father, King David. So, Solomon was the son of David. He was very wealthy and he was very wise. Was he the son of the bath lady? Yes. He was the second child of David and Bathsheba. Their first child did not live. It was punishment because that's the child that she got pregnant with when she was having the adultery with David. Which we still don't know if it was consensual. No, we just know he laid on top of her. Yeah. So, Solomon became king at age 15 and he is perhaps best known for the story of his wisdom. It's called the Judgment of Solomon. See if you've heard this story before. There's two women and they each lay claim to being the mother of the same child. Solomon easily resolved the dispute by commanding the child to be cut in half and shared between the two women. One woman promptly renounced her claim, proving she would rather give up the child than see it killed. Solomon declared the woman who showed compassion to be the true mother entitled to the whole child. Didn't the Bible steal this story from the Seinfeld episode where Newman suggested cutting the bike in half? (laughs) I forgot about that. Do you see how stupid this story is? Because you're telling me that the other woman was like, yeah, cut him in half. Let's do it. Cut the child in half. 
Yeah, to where she probably he's... just said like, hmm, half a kid is better than none. <laughs> but the kid's dead. What's up? I'll take a half a kid. It's just that I just don't see You're it. You're going to cut him from the top. I think it's only fair if you cut him from, you know, vertically. If this happened, I guarantee you. If you're going to cut them top and bottom, I want the top half. Yeah. No, you got to cut them. I don't want the part that pisses and shits. Well. <laughs> I want the cute half. If you cut them vertically though, like to where there's one leg and one arm for each. One butt cheek. One butt cheek. Yep. Do you think you could cut in half just right to where one of the halves can still live? What? Are if you, you serious? Cut, if, no. If you cut a person down. <laughs> If you cut a person right down the middle, mm-hmm. well, okay, not right down the middle, but cut close enough to the middle to where they maintain enough of their brain and heart. Are you talking like a cut? No, you can't do that. <laughs> yes, you can. That won't work. Why? People live without an arm and a leg all the time. For starters, you don't have the same amount of stuff on both sides of your body. Your I liver know, is on I, one side. I said near the middle. You can't just... Is there enough stuff? You can't just squeeze in a liver. Well, some of the stuff you don't need, like the gallbladder. I think you need that. Eh, you don't fucking know. The spleen? I don't know. There's one of them you, you don't need. need. Your appendix? Spleen. You <laughs> appendix. don't need your appendix. So, just leave the appendix, let that go to the dead half, and then you keep the vital organs. But you, you know... We got to talk about need. Solomon. You don't even need the whole organ. All right. Let's talk about Solomon. You, you need the whole organ. No, I already got the whole organ. Am I right? So, listen... According to the biblical account, Solomon was given everybody the whole organ. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines and wore his dick down to a little nub. What do you want me to say to this? I, you don't have to say anything. Just... I, 700, so a thousand women that he would routinely have sex with. I mean. Is that what I'm hearing? It doesn't sound like any, anything routine about this. This sounds like an insatiable pervert. Anyway, Solomon's wives turned his heart after other gods. So, he married women from like everywhere. Like that was part of how he like made deals and stuff. He was a real uh, Ronald Rump of, uh, of his time, I guess. Wheeling and dealing. You're fired. Yeah. So, he married a bunch of wives that, you know, were from like other nations and stuff. And they said like, oh, you where I come from, we got this sweet golden cow. You ought to try worshiping the golden cow. <laughs> and... He, yeah. Nothing good ever happened to any one of those people from <laughs> worshiping the cow. So, he starts building temples to all this crazy stuff that they're, you know, bringing from all corners of the earth and incurs the divine anger and retribution of God. Don't want that. God says he's going to divide his kingdom after Solomon's death, which he does. And Solomon, because all that fucking died at the young age of 60, Solomon banged himself to an early grave. Of 60. 60's not so bad back then. Solomon. Number eight. What about Satan? I wish. Nah, he's not on here. Fuck. Lucifer? God damn it. If, <laughs> I should have just lied and said he was on here so I could talk about the devil. Yeah, we're talking about the devil. I love the devil. Hey, everybody out there, I don't think the devil is like a real dude who's like an evil Satan guy and wants to like bring harm to the world. I do think he's the most awesome, metal, fun character in all of history and we don't have enough fun with the devil. Does he sound that much worse than what God has done to all throughout today so far? Oh, I'm about to hear more stuff. And by the way, isn't the great irony of all this that when God chooses these kings and talks to these people, he already knows the end result of all of it because doesn't God know all? Uh, 
He seems to get surprised. <laughs> yeah, because he gets angry. It's like... He sets himself you... up for disappointment, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so another guess. Why don't I guess Judas? No. What about the, the king who ordered Jesus' death? What's his name? Herod. Is he in here? The ordered the death of like little baby Jesus? No, who, cru- who crucified Jesus. Oh, uh, Pontius Pilate? No, he's not in there. What about Herod? No. There, so, there are one, two, three, four names remaining. One of them is a New Testament name. The other three are Old Testament. Jacob. Jacob is number four on the list. I knew it. He is mentioned 363 times. Jacob was a twin brother of Esau. Now, Esau's such a cooler name. Why couldn't we talk about Esau? Now, listen. Remember Abraham, his son was Isaac, right? Yeah. Isaac had Jacob and Esau. So, Abraham was Jacob's grandfather. Cool. Okay. Isaac and Rebekah had Jacob and Esau. They were twins. They had been married for 20 years and didn't have any kids. And Isaac was 60 years old. And Rebekah pops out two twin boys. The firstborn, Esau, he came out covered with red hair as if he were wearing a hairy garment. And, and he, then <laughs> his heel was grasped by the hand of Jacob, the secondborn. Now, Isaac favored the manly, hairy hunter brother Esau. Oh, yeah. Got to. Rebecca favored Jacob, the inside boy. So, Esau is out hunting, being hairy, doing manly stuff. He's hung- hungry as hell, comes into the tent. Jacob says, Esau, are you hungry? <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> oh, you're being a little That's just unfair. how he talked. <laughs> okay. Esau's like, hell yeah, bro, I'm super hungry. So hungry I would give up my birthright for some stew. Jacob's like, I can arrange that. <laughs> God. So Esau gives up his birthright for a bowl of stew. But Jacob still has to convince. What does that mean, give up his birthright? It's a bunch of like land and money and cows and shit. For some stew? For some stew. That's how hungry he was and that's how good the stew that Jacob made. (sighs) So, with Rebecca's help, with his mom's help, Jacob covered his arms in goat fur to trick his blind father into giving him Esau's birthright. So, he's going to come in and say, hey, blind father, it's time to receive my birthright and his father would reach out and say, let me feel your arms. (laughs) This is not real. You're making this up. Well, this is, no, this is in the Bible. He says, let me feel your arms, Esau. As is our routine. Jacob sticks out his arms that are covered with goat hair and he's like, it's me, daddy. Feel all that hair. Oh my God. His father's like getting his his fingers tangled in the goat hair. It's like, Esau, it's really you? Home from the hunt? And Jacob's like, yes, daddy, it's me. Stop it. You're getting my fur all matted. This is such fucking bullshit. So, I don't... So, then Jacob goes on a journey and he goes to the desert. He gets sleepy. God said, grab a rock, use it for a pillow. <laughs> Why does he have to ask God for that? Why can't he, he didn't. Just... He just said, I'm sleepy. God was the one who interjected, said, use a rock for a pillow, idiot. Because he did it. He, because he said it. He did oh. it. So, when he laid down on the rock Does he pillow, still have the goat hair on this whole time? <laughs> nah, he took that shit off. He tricked that dad. So, anyway, he 
fell asleep, and then he had a vision of a ladder or a staircase to heaven, stairway to heaven, with angels going up and down the staircase. Mm-hmm. And a voice of God came down and gave him many blessings. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Why is this guy getting rewarded? I don't know. It seems like a dick. Like he's so far, he's been a bit of a dick. He's yeah. inside boy. And now he's out camping and stuff. Anyway, he met his first wife when he was 77 years old and she was 14. Oh, cool. So, her name was Rachel. She was 14. He's an old geezer and he made an agreement with Rachel's father that he would work for seven years, then he would have her hand in marriage. It's a long ass time to yeah. wait. Can't well, you just like go? There's other women out there. Especially when you're 77. So... Seven years later, he's 84, and he says, it's been seven years of me working for you. Can I have her hand in marriage? And instead, her father's like, hmm, how about her older sister, Leah? And he's like, fuck, fine, I'll take her. He marries her older sister, Leah, goes off for a week, bangs the shit out of her, comes back, and he's like, well, I still want Rachel. I'll work for you for another seven years if you let me marry her. What an, this guy sucks at negotiating, by the way. Yeah. I'll just do another seven years and hope he says yes then. And then her father says, sure. He's still got seven years. By the way, he's going to end up, end this indentured servitude and earn his wife's hand officially when he's 91. But anyway, he was celibate until the age of 84. And then he banged away like it was nobody's business. He fathered 12 children in the next seven years. Between the two sisters? Yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, so he had more than one wife. No, hold on a second. Okay. Don't skip it. Don't press fast forward. Now, first of all, he had four sons with Leah, the older sister, immediately. She bore him Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Rachel was barren. Yep. So she gave Jacob her handmaid, Bilhah, who bore him two sons, Dan and Naphtali. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> so then... Leah's like, I'm not going to be outdone by that. Now you can fuck my handmaid, Zilpah. And she gave him two more sons, Gad and Asher. So then Leah gets fertile again. She's ready to for another round. She bears two sons, Issachar and Zebulun, who was great in Star Trek, and Jacob's only daughter named Dinah. And then Rachel, who had been barren this whole time, watching everybody else pump out sons finally gets her two sons in joseph and benjamin joseph then jacob decides he wants to journey back home to canaan the promised land so he transported his family and his flocks across the river one night how many kids is this at this point a second shitload million like like 20 13 13 it's all about just the name of the game back then was just get some kids make a bunch yeah so he transported his family and flocks across the river one night And he crossed back to the other side to return with his possessions. So, he's on the other side of the river from his family and his flocks. And he's alone and decides to commune with God. And an angel appeared and he had to wrestle this angel until daybreak. And it never explained why. For fun? He was praying to God and God was like, (laughs) go wrestle his ass till the sun comes up. And this, this angel appeared, I imagine it was like when Dutch and Dylan meet in Predator and he goes, Dylan, you son of a bitch. And they clasp hands real hard like that. That was Jacob and the devil just 
not the Jacob devil. and the devil. <laughs> the God, I wish it was the the devil. <laughs> Jacob and the angel just as soon as they see each other, start walking towards each other like, let's fucking do it. No, but I don't think they were friendly. I think Jacob was like ready to stop. Like at first, he's like, all right, it's kind of fun, and then after the you know first hour or two, he's like, all right. I'm ready to move on and the angel just keeps going and it'd be even better or worse depending on your perspective if the angel was had a boner the whole time (laughs) and that it was John Travolta's character Michael that angel kind of sweet and smells like cookies hey uh maybe they were just grab assing what do you mean just rolling around and giggling yeah the angel showed up and he was like man are you bored as hell out here like yeah this is the (laughs) desert there's nothing to do out here my family and my flocks are on the other side of the river. And the angel's like, yeah, man, me too. <laughs> you want to wrestle? You want to wrestle the sun comes up? Yeah, fuck yeah. Or they could have just been fucking and whoever was writing this part of the Bible was... Oh, let's say we were wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Now, Jacob is still in good favor with God right now? At that time, yeah. Why? Isn't it against God's will to have multiple wives? And mm, Not at that time. You know, it's verses like that, I guarantee you, that justified like Joseph Smith and Mormonism and other religions that Hell yeah. say, see, look, the Bible says it's okay to have multiple wives or lovers. Well, Jacob's father, Isaac, he died at age 180. They buried him. Jacob got back together with his brother Esau and they buried their father in the cave of the patriarchs, which their grandfather Abraham had purchased as the family burial plot. So, Jacob's second to last son, Joseph, he was the guy with a coat of many colors. When he thought Joseph was dead, Jacob tore his clothes off. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. I'm lost. Joseph, where did Joseph come from? Well, Joseph was one of Jacob's sons. Okay, Jake, because we were were on Jacob right now, right? Okay, and you're saying Joseph was his son. Yeah, remember I said Rachel finally bore two sons and they were Joseph and Benjamin. Okay, I forgot. The second to last son was Joseph. He's the asshole with the, the he had a bunch of, like, Yeah, with the Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. When Jacob thought that Joseph was dead, this is what they used to do back when they got up in the old days and they got upset. They would tear their clothes off. He'd go like, ah, oh, shit, and <laughs> rip his robe and instead put on sacks, sackcloth. Wait, you don't do that? I do that whenever I get a bad review of our show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, no, I, tell some, I just yell at that person and tell him to kiss my white ass. <laughs> so, I'm going to skip a little bit of stuff here because Jesus, these guys' lives, I mean, they live forever. Jacob eventually went by the name Israel. His sons were the 12 tribes of Israel. He died, Jacob died at the age of 147. Now, wait. So, was the country of Israel named after I think so. Guy? Jacob? Yeah. So, Jake, uh, okay. I'm learning a lot today, or I'm, I guess I, because I've forgotten most of this. Okay. Anything else on Jacob? No, that's it. He just, he's dead now. Is his son Joshua, oh, God damn, I hope he's dead by now. Is Joshua his son in the top 10? You mean? Or not Joshua. Joseph. Uh, Joseph, sorry. Yes. Joseph is number nine. Knew it. He was mentioned 246 times in the Bible. Joseph's story is just as fucking crazy as Jacob's. I'll be the judge of that. Jacob's 11th son was Joseph. Uh, Joseph was his favorite son for God knows what reason. The coat? Yeah, well, Jacob bought Joseph this amazing looking coat with many different colors on it. It was probably a rainbow and his brothers were like, this guy looks like an asshole and, you know, dad favors this ding dong. 
were sick of him. Yeah, they said it just like that. They plotted to kill him, but instead of killing him, they sold him into slavery. And the slavers took him to Egypt and he was thrown into a prison there. But the Pharaoh had these crazy dreams and no one could interpret them. Joseph was given a chance to interpret them and he interpreted them correctly and he advised them to store grain at certain times and then there was a famine and because they had stored all this grain, they survived the famine. Yeah, I know, but why would they believe him, Joseph? I don't know. He, I don't know. Okay. So, he rose to become the vizier. Vizier? It's like the advisor to the pharaoh, the second most powerful man in Egypt next to the pharaoh. And then his family, during the famine, made their way back to Egypt. That's how he reconnected with them. He lived to the age of 110. Yeah. And when the children of Israel, Israel left Egypt, later when Moses took him out of Egypt, he requested, and this is like a long time later, they bring his bones back to the promised land. So, the whole time they're wandering around in the desert for like 40 years, they're also carrying Joseph's bones. <sighs> well... Brandon, I have it in my will that you carry my bones to our promised land. I'm dropping them. You're not going to carry them? No. There's two left. Well, I know number one. And so, now it's just a matter of who is number six. Let me give you... Luke? No. It's is a... it a disciple? No. It's an Old Testament. He played second banana to Moses. He was a prophet, high priest, and the brother of Moses. He was played by Aaron Paul in the movie where Christian Bale was Moses. Did I miss that movie? And that was a big clue because his name is Aaron. A-A-Ron. Aaron. What movie is that? Gods and Kings or something. Christian Bale is Moses. Yeah, I didn't see that. All right. Aaron. Aaron. You never hear about Aaron. We're going to learn a little bit about Aaron. Tell me about Aaron. He is kind of a second banana. And he really only gets mentioned so much because of his close proximity to old Moses. Aaron's number six on the list. He's mentioned 342 times in the Bible. Like I said, he was the prof a prophet, a high priest, and the brother of Moses. So, Aaron did not grow up in the royal Egyptian court like his brother Moses. He grew up with the rest of the Israelite slaves in eastern Egypt. Uh, but when his brother Moses confronted the Egypt king about the Israelites later, Aaron served as his brother's spokesman. Remember I told you Moses was like, me not talk so good. Yes, yeah, so eloquently you put that. Me need brother speak and Aaron came and he, he was the spokesman to the Pharaoh. That's how he came to be known as a prophet. He first functioned as Moses' assistant because Moses complained he couldn't speak well. God appointed Aaron as Moses' prophet. Now at Moses' command, Aaron let his rod turn into a snake. What? You remember this? Moses yeah. is proving that God is on his team. And he says, Aaron, let your rod turn into a snake. Pickety bam, rod, his rod was a snake. And then he said, Aaron, stretch out your rod in order to bring on the first three plagues. Aaron, then Aaron stretched out his rod and yeah. the first three plagues came. Now, I stretch out my rod all the time and there's no plagues. Yeah. But after that, Moses said, all right, I'm going to act and speak for myself. You're done stretching your rod out or turning it into a snake. Now, how did they know that he wasn't, it wasn't God on his side and he wasn't just practicing witchcraft or some shit? Well, they didn't. Sometimes they did kill people for that. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that Moses was not permitted to enter the promised land. He died within sight of it. 
the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Aaron was also not permitted to enter Canaan with the Israelites. And the reason that they didn't get in there is because the two brothers showed impatience at this place called Meribah. In the last year of, so they've been wandering around the desert for 39 years. In the last year of their wandering around the desert, Moses brought water out of a rock to quench people's thirst. Now, God had said, commanded them to speak to the rock. Instead, Moses struck it with the staff twice. God construed that as displaying a lack of deference. He was like, you're disrespecting me. I told you to speak to the rock, not hit it two times with a stick. This is the stupidest shit I've heard I know. That was known as the incident at Meribah, where God was like, I told you not to, I told you not to hit that with a stick. Told you to speak with it. God, chill out, bro. It's going to be fine. So, after that, why? Aaron. Why do you want him to speak to the rock so bad? I mean, I get it. I want to talk to the rock really bad too. Today. I don't know why. I guess Aaron took kind of like most of the heat for this. So, Aaron and his son, Eleazar and Moses went up uh, to the top of a mountain called Hor, Mount Hor. Love Mount Hor. H-O-R. So, on top of Mount Hor is where <laughs> Moses was like, all right, Aaron, you're going to take the heat for this. He stripped Aaron of his priestly garments uh-huh. and he transferred those to Eleazar. And he's like, now you get to be the high priest. And then Aaron died on the summit of that mountain. Just fell dead? I guess so. The people mourned him for 30 days. He was 123 years old. Okay, it's time to go anyway, right? Why would you strip off a 123-year-old man's clothes? Now, are these guys like a young 123? Or, you know what I mean? Because he's in the desert. mm, I I don't imagine Diet's probably not the best. Now, when they set out, did Moses know that it would be 40 years or did God leave that little detail out? No, I think he told him, he was like, now you've got to wander around for 40 years. I don't know why you would keep wondering. Why wouldn't you just sit in one place and be like, I'm yeah, not just doing camp it. out. I'm just sitting. I'll wait. I can wait. I'm going to live to be 190. I got time. Yeah. All right. Tell me, who is the most mentioned person in the Bible? That would be Jesus. It is Listener Jesus. Of the show. Jesus, number one. Most mentioned person in the Bible, 1,281 times he's mentioned. Not that many more than the number two, David. No. Most people know the story about Jesus fairly well. It's crammed down everybody's throats. Give them the broad strokes. The uh, biblical scholars agree on a few things about old Jesus. He was born of a virgin, goes by the name of Mary. He was a human being who was also fully God. He did not sin. He was martyred and buried in a tomb. And he rose from the dead on the third day. He eventually ascended back to God the Father and will return to earth. Right. If you believe in Jesus the Christ, that's the main beats that people believe. Okay. And what I wanted to talk about and mention about Jesus were his superhero powers. Yeah. Sometimes he cured people just by saying a few words. Mm-hmm. Or putting his hand on them. Right. Other times, he uses material such as spit and mud. Do you remember that? Spit and mud? There was a blind guy. He said, Jesus, my eyes, they don't work so good. Jesus spit in the mud and then he took the muddy spit and he rubbed it on the guy's eyes and then he could see. Now, you know that 
He just wanted an excuse to rub money yeah, spit on because, that guy's eyes. Because the curing of blindness, there's no actual like recipe for it. You just do whatever the fuck, right? He could have just said something or waved his hand in front of his face. No, but he spit in the mud. He turned around at those guys and he's like, watch him make him smear shit in his eyes. <laughs> exactly. So, he also... He fed a bunch of people with just a loaf of bread I'm and getting fish. to that. All right, all right. I got my own list here. So, healing and curing, he could exercise demons. He did that a few times. Now, when you say exercise, do you, nope, we know I'm not if a stupid he used... joke. No, nope, <laughs> it's not a stupid joke. Do we know if they used weights or a treadmill? So, he could resurrect the dead. He did that a few times too. And he had control over nature. He turned water into wine. Yep. Do you remember one time they were all fishing out there and they threw their nets on one side and they got no fish and he was like, you punks, I'll make you fishers of men. Throw those nets on the other side. They threw the nets on the other side and they're like, holy shit, the boat's going to sink. This thing's so full of fish. Yeah. That was a superpower. Is that him just showing off? Yeah. He fed, you're right, he did feed thousands with that kid's uh, shitty lunch of fish and bread. <laughs> okay. Come on. Back then, that would have been a hell of a lunch. Just some like fish? Like a dead fish? It's better than fucking sticks and leaves no. or whatever the hell else they were eating. Mud? They're not eating sticks and leaves. Now, they always just call it fish. And in the pictures, when I was a kid, they looked, it would, they would just draw a fish. Or like they handed out just a piece of a dead fish to everybody. What? Everybody got a little piece of dead fish. Uh, well, you could cook it. He could walk I mean, on water. Yeah. He could calm a storm. One time he was asleep in the boat when they were fishing and a big storm blew up and they're like, oh shit, should we wake up Jesus? We're scared shitless. I don't know why they didn't just do it. But he, when he woke up, he got mad at him. He kind of like scolded them. He was like, act like a bunch of bitches. You have no faith. <laughs> He's like, of course a storm isn't going to capsize the boat with the son of God in it. And then he was like, all right, storm, stop. And then the storm stopped and he's like, you guys are just a bunch of pansies. He cursed a fig tree once and then the fig tree withered and died. And he also made birds out of clay and then brought them to life. What? Some of this shit is just flexing. I mean... That last one is a cool trip. Yeah, no, that's... I bet he got laid after doing that. <laughs> Mary Magdalene, if she saw that, that might have been where it first like, happened. Say, baby, you said you like birds? <laughs> Check out this mud ball. Tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> okay, so you got them all. Yeah. Eventually. Those are the uh, 10 most... Yeah, what are we going to call, call this thing? 10 most... 10 most lovable Bible characters. 10 most popular Bible characters. That's misleading. It is misleading because there's no way that someone's like, my favorite character is Saul. <laughs> or Aaron. Aaron. So, listen, here's the top 10 list again. Number 10 on the list was Paul. Nine yeah. was Joseph. Eight, we had Solomon. Wise old Solomon. Number seven, we had Abraham, also known as Abram. Number six was Aaron. Number five was Saul. Number four was Jacob. Number three, Moses. Number two, David. Number one, in our hearts. And on the list, Jesus, Jesus the Christ. Jesus, the man, the myth, the legend, tennis patron, in fact. That's it. We did it. Thank you, Southern Nazarene University. Yes, today's sponsor 
That was an interesting ass list because I think we all took a trip down memory lane or learned for the first time crazy ass shit that happened in the Bible. I got some good pictures of Abraham about to kill his son for you. Well, send them my way. But you know, if he had gone through with this and God didn't stop him or the angel didn't stop him, what's next? Did he not question, why am I doing this, God? Why can't I just sacrifice an animal? I don't know. Have you ever brought your kid home from the park with like a bruise on their knee or God forbid on their face? I think it would be a lot like that except you'd be like, uh, the good news is God is really pleased with us right now. (laughs) He was a little too ready to kill his son, I think. Yeah. Well, luckily, God's not pulling any of that stuff anymore. Well, we did it, Brandon. Are you, uh, do you feel closer to God now? Kind of feel closer to Abraham. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a little in, uh, David's boat here. Just see Bathsheba across the way there. Just pulling up pornhub.com slash Bathsheba. (laughs) Bathsheba. Well, this has been episode 76 of the Tennis Podcast. 77. Sorry, 77. Shame on me. Feel free to sacrifice me now. If you enjoyed this show, I do encourage you to go rate us five stars and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, Stitcher. Brandon, Hmm. should they follow you on Twitter? Sure, you can do that at Sidekick Host. Follow me at Nick underscore E-M-E-L. And you can also follow the Tennis Podcast at Tennis Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any list ideas, send them our way. Otherwise, we'll be back next week, episode 78, with hashtag Nick's Notes. Good deal, everybody. Good deal. God bless you, Uh, and goodbye.